0: Welcome to the Heavy Hole Podcast. I'm Tom. I'm Big Will, a.k.a. Uncle Buck. I'm Justin, a permanent guest, and I'm here today. <laughs> we, and we have one not so permanent guest. It's a very special occasion because tonight we have Mike Cult M. Zancelli in the building. Uh, Mike is uh, the proprietor of Paragon Records, almost 20 years in the game with that record label, uh, specializing in international and obscure lo-fi black metal and other uh, crazy, creepy things. He's got, according to Encyclopedia Metallum, 72 releases. No, that's incorrect. (laughs) All right, we're going to get to that. We're going to get to that. But but they do come from uh, uh, as far away as Hungary, Serbia, Peru, Ukraine, Kyrgyzstan, France, Norway, Finland, Italy, and even uh, homegrown... uh, metal from nebraska pennsylvania and even several new york acts full disclosure those new york acts include uh past guest paulo paguntalan's Copremises, premises uh my old band biolich and my current band buckshot facelift as well as past guest rick uh habib from Grace sky fallen's band Grace Guy's fallen so he's part of the family here be nice to him how
1: you doing mike good guys thanks
2: for having me i appreciate it yeah, thanks for coming in. You're uh, you're a man of the world. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I was psyched when Will told me about this, so thanks again.
0: And I neglected to mention also singer of a uh, long-running um Long Island metal band Dimension on formerly known as The Forgotten since 95.
1: Uh yeah, 95 August of 95.
0: Uh, August of 95. All right, So we're going to we're going to get into all of that Mike, but I got a few preliminaries that we always get off the bat just are you you're, are you originally from Long Island cuz some people might not hear the accent? I am originally from Long Island. <laughs> what, what what part, man? Uh Bay Bayshore. Bayshore. All right, okay. I didn't all even right. realize that, man. What Now, growing up on Long Island, where does the metal come in? Um, For me, you know, I'd heard some stuff, uh, you know,
1: like Black Sabbath, Maiden, all of that, but King Diamond, man. When I saw the Family Coast video on Headbangers Ball, uh, this kid in sixth grade walked in with a Abigail shirt with uh, King with the horns up and the tour dates (laughs) and flames on the back, and his name was Damien. and. I just when I heard the family go, I said, "Man, I've never seen or heard anything like that." And that was beginning of the end.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, what was what was the metal scene like? What year are we talking? When you first like really get into heavy metal and you know what's up?
1: Well, when I started, I kind of would get tapes from Damien. I was in sixth grade, okay. So, and he would start making me stuff: uh, Possessed, Creator, Blood Feast, Battery, MOD, SOD, and he would just make me recordings. And I liked everything, but. It really kicked off where I was on just I had to have everything King Diamond,
0: Merciful Fate, when I really, really started getting into it. Wow. And so uh, from that point, do you start going to shows as a teenager? Are you too young still to get into shows? I was still too young to get into shows. <laughs> All
1: right. All right. <laughs> I had no idea what was going on at the shows. Are, yeah. you,
0: are you trying to start bands with your friends in high school?
1: Um, no, I was not.
0: All right. So you're just a metalhead dude hanging around your high school with tapes.
1: Yeah, I'm starting to kind of you know, you're looking for something, and I finally found something, and I was still, you know, I didn't want to show it to my parents too much yet, and all of that <laughs> typical yeah, stuff. Yeah. Still but, marinating. Yeah, still marinating. Yeah, <laughs> J- J- Justin put it perfectly, still marinating.
0: All right, so uh, you get older, I assume, of, uh, you know, you're already talking about Possessed and a lot of stuff, man, I, I assume, so you you kind of grow up, like, with the death metal and the black metal movement uh, through the late 80s and early 90s, right? Oh,
1: yeah, man, the, fir- the first, what I call the first real wave of the death metal movement, I I was locked and loaded, man. I was getting everything.
0: <laughs> Talk about it. Talk about
1: it. Oh, I mean, stuff like suffocation, effigy, of the forgotten, uh, malevolent creation, the Ten Commandments, immolation, dawn of possession. A lot of Asians, you know. Um, it
2: comes with the territory.
1: Absolutely, you know, obituary, morbid angel, deicide. I mean, all the like, cannibal corpse. You just. You know, my friend would come in in high school and give me these tapes. Like, you ever heard of Cannibal Corpse? And I'm like, eating back to life. And at that time, besides King Diamond, I was big into Creator, which I still am to this day. But I was more like, well, I like the music, but I don't know if the vocals go along with it. <laughs> One of those and, guys. Yeah, and that changed like a week. That took yeah. <laughs> like a week to change. <laughs> So, I mean, all of that, you know, Sinister, Across the Sticks, yeah, you, know, mal- yeah. you know, all of that stuff was just Baphomet, Dead Shell and Harry, Paradise Lost Gothic, Broken Hope, Swamped in Gore. I mean, you couldn't get enough of it, man. Death. It was just every band that came out at that time, for me, still to this day, there's not there's not there's there aren't too many scenes that can hold up to that.
3: Mm hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and that's why I think a lot of younger bands are going back to some of those trademark styles and sounds.
1: Absolutely, yeah.
0: absolutely, I think so. So is is tape trading and zines uh, a part of your life as a teenager, or does that come later?
1: It definitely started as a teenager, but it was more just writing bands and trying to get shit for free. <laughs> <laughs> but I eventually, went, you know, I sent away uh, five dollars to Finland for Belial Gods of the Pit demo, which I was like, oh man, we got that. But the first band, my first contact I ever made. It was it's now looked at as a cult band was Mega Slaughter from Sweden and I got their demo I think it was 90 I got their demo and they sent it to me for nothing but when I got the Belial demo which I had to send money for that he not only sent me the demo with a short little letter but it was also all these flyers
0: the yes. pants I never heard of the little flyers you know yeah. and I'm
1: into stuff like asfix Morgoth, Unleashed and I think I know everything that's up and I'm like yo what the hell is all of this shit <laughs> <laughs>
0: And that's how it starts. You get all these little flyers. It started for me with uh, somebody gave me a flyer for Charlie Infections uh, Infection Distribution. Oh yeah, back yeah. In the, the mid '90s, when I got into this shit, and you got—I think he probably spent more on postage sending me the little flyers <laughs> than like the record <laughs> or the tape I ordered. Man, it was just like a stack of uh, you know. They ranged from size from like inch by inch to a full page. Yeah. And sometimes you'd get a zine thrown in there, and it was from all over the world. Man, it was it was wild, and it was always. $2 like $2 US, $3 world or $3 no, yeah. US, $4 world or you know, you know, you just had to send $3 wrapped in paper to some dude and you get a tape. We we've we've talked about it on the podcast before, but um all right, so your tape trading, what we talked a little bit before we started recording. Tell us about your first uh, death metal show.
1: Uh, my first show was at Sparks in Deer Park. Any of the old schoolers will know that place or whatever. I only went there once. Um, we went there to see Suffocation Effigy had just come out. Pyrexia, the demo, had come out, but Sermon of Mockery wasn't out yet. Um, Human Remains came from New Jersey, and Social Disease opened up, which was more like a punk band, and it had Doug Bones, who would later be the Suffocation drummer for Pierce From, Pierce from Within, and he was mm-hmm. doing drums for Social Disease that night. Yeah. And, yeah, it was crazy, man. Just to walk in... And I'm like, holy shit, man, that guy's got a Carcass Symphony Signature. <laughs> <laughs> that guy's got a tube left-hand path shirt just to be around other than, like, just the three, four metalhead friends that you knew, right? you know, mm-hmm. and um, and you're seeing all these other people that are into the same thing that you're into. It was just like... There's a whole world out there. Yeah, there's a whole world into out it. there, you know? And it was like, I was already writing bands, but to see it on Long Island and see it in front of your face, yeah, and that was another level. It's like, all right, this is a special night.
0: And and there was other shows going on. You you mentioned the Metallica.
1: Yeah, Metallica was the next night. They would do it three nights uh for the Black Album at the Coliseum. I think I went the second night. There were people who missed that Suffocation show cuz they had tickets for Metallica the night <laughs> of the Suffocation show. That's and so um, <laughs> That's And Metallica awesome. was great other than playing Enter Sandman. I loved it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's awesome, man! Wow, and uh, so you, I mean, you, it's funny hearing you say, you know, wow, you know, somebody else that's into death metal and that that feeling. I've known you a long time. You have a very close knit crew of old school metalheads, um, kind of from the area, from like East Long Island, man. I've known you guys back when none of the above records was around. Kurt Sturth, to man. And, yeah, yeah, <laughs> man. I, and I've always known, um, you know, those those people to be supportive of you and your music and the different bands that come out of out of the Long Island black metal scene and stuff like that. Is it safe to say that around those shows and that time is when you start hooking up with, with those people? The, you know, puke and uh, you know, I don't know if you want to shout out any of those people. But there's a, there's a lot of people out East. Oh, there's man. so many
1: people yeah. you know, i can say what's up to you jim and, yeah, yeah buddy and all them um you know what we just slowly started meeting each other a lot of it with some of the guys start, started happening with none of the above records yeah and that yeah, was around important. and some of it was before that just by you know them coming to a local show and it's like you know you were doing a band and they were like oh yeah i'm really into this stuff and you know, Long Island, it's hard to find people really into it, but, you know, you would just slowly, it's just that whole community thing. You find each other, you know, the shows and writing each other and stuff like that, because obviously this is before the Internet time, so, you know.
0: Is <laughs> Now, speaking of the Internet time and, and old friends, is there anyone that you're still in touch with through, like, the tape trading and the mail scene that you were in touch with, like... Like, what's the oldest relationship you got that's still going with with old with on uh, underground tape trading people?
1: Keith of Eternal Darkness Creations, who is probably the realest motherfucker out there. Um, we lost touch for a little while, not because there was a falling out or anything. He just Keith does snail mail to this day, and he's been uh, around since 1990. Mm. Um, and he makes up his own like bootleg demo tapes and everything, and compilations and. He you know, he lives for it, man. And yeah. I was in touch with him a long time ago. We lost touch a contact of mine from Mexico got me back in touch with him and really other than i guess a little hiatus he's probably the one i've been
0: in touch with the longest wow all right so at 1990 man that's a that's long when time. his
1: labels been. i mean i haven't yeah. been in touch with him that long but since the forgotten days yeah when we got yeah. the demo officially out i think the official demo in 97 maybe a little bit before that you know jimmy or
0: i was in touch with him but it's a long time wow so I, i'm glad you brought up the forgotten that starts <laughs> in 95 it does august of 95 and is that your first band that is my first
1: real band, other than screwing around with friends doing absolute crap. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, man. So you guys were... Um, I don't even want to like box you into the black metal category, but for like the, for 1995, especially in New York on Long Island, when everything is suffocation, internal bleeding, brutal death metal, yeah, oh, yeah. And, and hardcore... Um, Doing black metal like you guys were doing, or more like you had a synthesizer, you had very dark uh, instrument. It was it was something definitely more akin to like European metal uh, at at the time.
1: Yeah, it definitely was. I mean, we still all came. I mean, our drummer at the time, you know, he liked stuff like Skinny Puppy. He liked the um, the the wave of death metal I talked about. He liked the second wave of black metal, and he was big into hardcore. So Mm -hmm. any lyrics he wrote. Were very hardcore influence but obviously with the sound you might not pick that out with everything and um but we all came from just the metal scene of like i was big into death metal and, and black metal and our uh found a guitar player he was big into thrash get more into death and then getting into the second wave black metal so it was just this you know these misfits really getting together <laughs> trying to make something happen
0: right because at the time Uh, The metal scene here, regionally, was definitely moving towards hardcore, deathcore, like, that kind of, like, real tough guy movement in death metal, and, um... I, I just wanted to ask I, you, know, I know personally there's a lot a lot that went on, but what was it like being in a, a band that was more on the black metal side of things when that was going on? Because I know there were some people that didn't want to share the scene.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was a little tough. I mean, the way we looked at it, it's like, dude, man, we'll play with anybody. We're cool, we're cool with anybody. We didn't care. You know, bands like Internal Bleeding, Disfigured, were always cool with us or whatever and mm-hmm. stuff. And um, whether they dug what we were doing, it was irrelevant. Not everyone's going to like what you're doing. They were totally cool with us. There were some other bands... You know, know, there were some fights that almost happened a few times. But luckily, everything got resolved because, you know, what? I remember, you know, Jim said something to me back in the day with some of the more fair weather people. Like, it's just the thing for them to do at the time. And Jim was our keyboard player at first. And he was like, dude, they'll be gone in a year. Mm -hmm. And with some of those people Jim was referring to, he was dead, right? You know, they're not, you know, as we talked earlier before the podcast, we're lifers, you know, I man. when you're a lifer with this shit, you don't care whether it's black metal, death metal, thrash. You just care about supporting it and being into what you're into.
0: Yeah, especially I, I agree with that. And especially once you've gotten to a certain age and you've seen people come and go and you you value certain things over others in life and, and in music, man. But without getting too philosophical, getting <laughs> steering the conversation back, um, the Forgotten... You guys put out um, the 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 to walk the forest black tape, yes. the the grave tape, the the, the cult classic, the grave, um, the Laudilia, If I pronounce it right, yeah, uh, album. And uh, was that it for the forgotten?
1: We actually did to walk the forest black like a raw version mm-hmm. of it before the official demo came out. Okay, and also again, this is with Mark, our old drummer. He would make like these he made these special three disc sets of like rehearsals of us and he made like maybe a few of those but he also made a five disc set of like songs we actually never officially recorded or released and it was weird one of my contacts in greece who i used to trade with knew about it he asked me about getting that and it was long after they were gone but i couldn't i can't even remember what we what mark called them people will hunt
0: it down did. yes I, I got an email the other day from a guy asking me for a liquefied maggots tape that's it's mike awesome. you might remember that yeah yeah. that's like my very first noise core project with adam rotella from you know when i was 15 but but yeah people will hunt that stuff down on yep. the internet but um so you guys played a lot you played out a lot with the forgotten there was some lineup things and in 2002 you changed the name to dimension on yes uh, dimension on—is uh, it fair to say once you once you did that and you revamped the lineup, you guys started playing out live a lot more and touring more?
1: I would think we still—you know—we were still doing the same thing. I mean, the name change just came from the fact that there were other bands because we were like, especially me and Jim, we were so involved in the underground. And we saw so many bands, the only Forgotten, you know, this hardcore band is called The Forgotten, this death metal band is called The Forgotten, it's mm-hmm. like, all right, and we kind of wanted a more powerful name, and really Dimension on is just a bastardized way of saying The Forgotten in Italian, <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> which Mark
1: okay. Pete, kind of Joe kind of came up Very with. Very New York. Is
2: this before Very... Google
1: Translate? Yeah. Yes.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so who knows
1: how correct you it actually work may it. be? <laughs> But you know, supposedly it was. Well,
0: all right. Well, I wanna I wanna talk more about Dimension on and what's going on um, currently, and you know, even getting to some other projects with members of Dimension on. But what I, I know, you say that that the band went hand in hand with forming Paragon Records, right?
1: Yeah, it pretty much did because it came from it came from Jim. You know, mm-hmm. I was actually just on the phone with him one night, and the deals we were getting offered. Were horrendous. And then we weren't getting offered the deals we wanted, which, I mean, we probably weren't at freaking caliber to get signed anyway, but you're looking after a couple of demos. And I'm on the phone with Jim, and he's like, well, you know what? I'm just going to form a label and we'll just put it out ourselves. Which I was like, Wow, that's pretty ambitious, man, because I don't have a clue. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, Jim really didn't either, but to his credit, man, he went forward with it.
0: Mm-hmm. And Jim, uh, just, just for the listeners, Jim was the former. Bass player, and prior to that, uh, synth- synthesizer player for Dimension On and The Forgotten. Jim started off on keys, then he went to
1: guitar, and then he went to bass. Jim would always move from the instrument for the better uh-huh. of the band.
0: I-, I remember that. And what is the name of his project now that he's he's doing a lot? I believe it's Lycera.
1: Like I apologize, Jim, if I'm saying it wrong, but I believe that's what it is.
0: A- a- yeah, it's more of like an ambient um, mm-hmm. kind of experimental yeah, noise he's project. Very
1: in- Jim's, very- Jim's been into that stuff even long before I knew.
0: Him. i'm gonna see if i can't maybe wait outside this house one morning and track him down and get him on the <laughs> yeah. podcast it's been a while man i love jim if <laughs> you're listening buddy um so you guys just decided just go gung-ho let's put out our own shit huh and and the dimension on uh, was the first thing you put out
1: the forgotten lie was the, the first thing Lydelia, we put yeah. out
0: yeah and um when do you move towards putting out other bands Um, It was
1: shortly after, and that was Jim's decision where we moved with uh, Vediac Savore from France in the distance. Jim had, he's still in close contact with those guys to this day. He has a very close relationship with them, and he wanted to put that out because he really liked the demo, and they had done this album, and we just decided to do it, and that's, we were already were trading with the demos, but... When you press a thousand CDs, it doesn't necessarily seem like much till it's all right in front of you. Yeah. And we were like, <laughs> I'll never forget coming into his room and he was like, uh, you know, and that's, I was like, dude, don't worry, we'll trade and we'll trade him, we'll, get him, we'll get him out there. And it just, you know, it slowly started mm. from there.
0: Mm. Wow. And um, so is it safe to say that you sign bands? Because you sign a lot of, as I said in your introduction, a lot of kind of obscure bands. Maybe not everyone has heard of in the typical metal press cycle, uh, and bands that are even um, from from kind of not not everyday countries that you that you that you see metal bands popping up from even singing in their own native languages and stuff. So is it safe to say that you sign bands because you see some of the same kind of homegrown passion and hard work ethic that you had in Dimension On, and you want to give an underdog a chance the same way Dimension On was looking for a chance?
1: I definitely think that plays a part in it. Maybe, like, unconsciously. It's just more something that you like, and that as long as... Um, you know, you understand the band, you're a fan of what they're doing, and they're professional to work with. Right. That's the biggest thing. They got to be, you know, they got to have the right attitude. If they're going to have like a shitty attitude, then it's like, no. It's, <laughs> and, you know, you keep it simple, and it's like, oh, yeah, you know, you want to put out our record? I'm like, yeah, I really like it. And it's as simple as that. Right. And i uh,
2: not asking for name drops or anything, but I'm assuming you've experienced like shitty attitudes a bunch about what people want. When they're dealing with you, or well, that-
1: I would, you know what, Tom? I would say, I'm, I'm just it's more I don't No, know not anything, at all, you know. not at all. That's a really good question. I would say, it's also in your hands. If someone's going to get in touch with you, like you have some, you know, I could sometimes get one to three emails a day. Bands asking me to sign them, right? Depending, and if you know, say you just ignore that email, you mm-hmm. know, band could get like annoyed. Maybe they won't. You know, say anything to you because you can get back to them. But maybe, like, someone on the side says, Oh, why don't you write, you know, Paragon Records? That's an underground. Oh, I emailed that guy. He didn't even get fucking back to me.
3: You get
1: back to people, you just give them a respectful answer. And most people will respond, no matter how evil they are, how brutal they are. They're like, Hey, man, thanks for getting back to me. And usually I'll say to them, Hey, when you get it out, man, maybe we could do a trade you know because I'll tell them I'm not signing anything right now because very limited what I can do and usually it's always a positive response so to me it's also in your hands how you handle it when they get in touch with you. Right type of way they're going to respond. And
2: you. They are grateful for your time. At yeah, least. they
1: are, and really, there's been some misunderstandings, but I can't say of any like blowouts with bands
2: we work <laughs> no, with. The bands we have. No, man. I'm just I, and also, like I said, not asking for names. Just kinda, yeah, you
0: know, a little a little diplomacy can definitely diffuse things. Absolutely, you know? and I I think yeah. that's important. Be
2: humble.
1: Yeah, be humble. Be, humble. <laughs> be very
2: humble.
0: <laughs> yeah, man. And I mean, I, I, with that being said, too, I think a lot of the bands that you do. End up going forward with probably really appreciate the chance because what you're doing, um, if you really look back through the releases, do you know offhand how many releases it is?
1: I think it's over 60 or about 60. Okay, okay,
0: point. Metallum's got you at 72, but there's a few like repressing things probably yeah. going on. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> all right, I'm, I'm glad you, cl- you cleared that up, man. I always <laughs> like to get fact checked, all right, but um, uh. You put out all these different releases. Looking back, there's some of them that are very specifically, uh, you know, cultural to that country with the language. Some of them are like kind of pagan folk metal with. Uh, native Instruments. These are bands that are going to have challenges to worldwide distribution just in what they are. And you're taking them and and you have like a very kind of homegrown network of, of international distributors. Have you gotten pushback from, from people that are just like, Mike, these guys are singing in Hungarian. I don't know what they're doing. There's a there's a pan flute on the album. Like, <laughs> like how, how, is, how has it been trying to get this stuff out there and open people's minds in the different markets? It's a lot of
1: work. Some of the bands are already somewhat established before we work with them, but it's also the way you present it. It also depends on how open-minded uh, the person can be and what they're carrying on their distro. With Paragon, you know, I'll, I'll carry hardcore bands, thrash bands, black metal bands, obviously grind bands, grindcore, porno grind. You know, <laughs> anything that it's like, you know, if we can work out a trade, let's work out a trade. Because to me, if someone looks at Paragon Records, trading is the underground. Right. There is. You can be the most evil thing on the planet. If you don't trade, you ain't underground to me. <laughs> you know, there might be some yeah. situations where you can't, but there are some where, I mean, I'm sure Will can definitely back me up with this. You know, you deal with some elitist attitudes. And, mm. um, but for the most part, you know, you find some good people to work with, and most people, especially, you know, because international postage also plays a part how expensive it's getting.
0: Yeah, and it's only getting harder with and that. And it's only getting
1: yeah. worse. It costs twenty four dollars to send ten <coughs> CDs without cases to
0: Europe. Oh, man,
1: without damn.
0: Yeah, it
1: used to be steep. when we started Paragon, I believe it used to be like thirteen, which we thought was still kind of expensive, but thirteen to twenty four
0: is a uh, big yeah, that's a huge difference. Yeah, yeah, so
1: that also will plays a part in it, whatever. So
0: now. Um, does that play into I know some of your releases are kinda like co releases with other labels or repressings of, of things that were only available maybe in another country, is that correct?
1: Yeah, sometimes, yeah. So
0: so does that play into like how it's like very hard to get shipped to other countries, you'll press like an American version or something like that or
1: It's usually the same version but sometimes with underground labels, um, you know, it's like well I have this territory, you have that territory <laughs> where once I took over the label, I was like, "Absolutely not! Either I can trade wherever I want, or we don't have a deal if we're going to do this." Because right. mm-hmm. you're only pressing these things to a thousand copies as is, you know. And North America and South America ain't going to cut it for a thousand CDs. You need the worldwide territory so you can hit all over Europe, Russia, Australia, Japan, mm. Indonesia, Malaysia. I mean, everywhere.
0: So what? I, I'm I'm not following. So another label somewhere is going to tell you you can't sell your CDs in Russia? They'll they're... tell
1: you you can't trade your your copies here.
0: Oh, because they're for them to trade. Yeah. Uh, but
1: meanwhile, okay. these things are being pressed up to like 500,000 copies. It's like, dude, just trade <laughs> them wherever. That's something that was years ago. That was more of a bigger thing with the more mm-hmm. underground labels. It's kind of dropped out because everyone's like, dude, let's just try, you know, do the best you can to move your copies, man. Yeah. Wow.
4: And navigate these underground cartels, yeah. Well, that's what I mean. Like, it gets
1: into politics. It's yeah. like, dude, this is underground music. You want to go do politics? Go do politics. So we, oh, yeah. I'm not making any money. Yeah, join the yeah. club. Go, <laughs> go, go <laughs> sell drugs. Yeah, yeah go t- sell t-
0: drugs. <laughs> work at the cable company, more, <laughs> more money. Again,
1: i like to state that's just my view. Not everyone agrees with that, but I don't give a shit. That should be a law (laughs) in the
0: underground to trade the shit, man. (laughs) So, so, all right. So, uh, moving forward, with these really specific releases that you do, I imagine over the year, and also with the consistency, you've been around for a long time putting stuff out. You've built some kind of like... um, uh, collectors like followers that, that follow your releases and follow your bands right? Absolutely. Are there anyone is there anyone that's just like fanatical little, little extra or, or does there anyone like spend you don't have to name names Does anyone spend like buy every release you got and every color vinyl and all that? And
1: stalkers outside the windows the, just waiting. The biggest thing there's been a couple of things um, I have a guy from Japan who orders from me I give him a really great deal we did a 15th year anniversary sale where you got 10 CDs for $25 and that was the first time he came around to me and we only did it for like December into January, or whatever. And he initially placed an order, and he'll order like over a thousand dollars worth. Real but that's the all you know, think about the amount of CD he's getting—an unbelievable deal. Plus. Um, you know, I, I'll hook it up with as much free stuff as I can. But one of his Ooh. orders, I sent you a picture of all those CDs stacked. Yeah, if you remember, yeah. that was over three thousand dollars. Damn, he's, damn. Dude, did you take a hit on the money. shipping? What's oh, yeah, the, oh he paid. The shipping was like in two boxes. It came out to like two forty-six. I'm like, all right, the shipping's
0: two forty-six. PayPal's the money right over. I mean, he's still making out pretty good. He's wow, still making man. out really,
1: wow. really good but it's helping me move shit it's helping me get money in because you know I, i'm uh you know i'm a i'm a small fish in a big pond. is he a uh, shop owner is he buying multiples of stuff or is it like most know? things he buys is one copy but yeah. he will buy some extras and stuff i'm assuming i'm assuming he's a collector uh-huh. and all right i like this one i'm keeping this one i don't like this one this is going on this uh-huh. on to ebay if he's getting well oh, my buddy wants this too and you know, whatever. And one of the things I also found out is one of my friends who also used to do a metal label is that he's like, CDs are still huge in Japan. Mm. They're not, like, that is still the place in the world where CDs are important. So yeah. maybe that's why the deal that he's getting. But West he's them. definitely one of, uh, you know, that's a bulk customer right there. Yeah,
0: Yeah, well, I mean, because that's not that I've ever seen anything like that with with my bands or whatever, but there are those people that are just as passionate about metal as me or you, but they make more money for a living, or they have more disposable income, and they... Buy you know every T-shirt and the seven-inch and the record and give you like a tip for gas or something at the merch table every once in a while. There's somebody that's just a metalhead who got a great education or a good union job or whatever they did. You know what I mean? <laughs> and yeah. And they're spreading the love, man. So that, that you know that does happen. That's pretty amazing, though. Um, well, that that being said, this is like the fun part for me. I wanted to just straight up talk about some of your many releases. Just to give people an idea of the diversity and the kind of like crazy obscure nature of some of this stuff. Sure. So, um I I see you, you brought a stack of CDs and we're gonna we're gonna get into <laughs> that. There's a few right off the bat, Hades with his H A D E Z from Peru.
1: Cult band, man. yeah. Uh, <laughs> the, true cult
0: band right there. This is uh you, you put out there, is it let me know if I say it right, moraturi taste salutants album in 2014. You probably say it better than I do. Okay. Okay. <laughs> that that shit is uncomfortable <laughs> to listen to. Yeah. Uh it's just like a genius work of throaty guttural vocals and then and, and lo-fi guitars, but it's clear and you can hear the guitar- when they do the little solo or something like that, it's it's so death metal, man. And the
1: It almost has like a very old morbid angel in certain parts of it. It has like a very very old morbid angel
0: vibe to it. The the drums uh, yeah. are so unsettling and <laughs> yeah. clunky. I I mean when I first listened to this, I was like, I don't know, can I do? It? And then like I was, it's almost like it's grimy. A, it's just it's nasty. It's a death metal version of like anal birth. Like I like, I had uh, to look and make sure Adam Rotella wasn't in this band <laughs> or produced the album. But it but it grows on you, especially yeah, with the definitely
1: vocals. not for everybody. But I mean I
0: love Hades. So ugly, man, and I, I especially love when they do the little guitar solos mm-hmm. and stuff because it reminds you they're a metal band, even though it's Absolutely. just abysmal production, man. Great
1: yeah. guys to work with. I listened
0: to this
2: one earlier today, and the guitar tone is also something like kind of interesting. The mix is just weird. Oh, yeah, yeah. just so weird. Like, yeah. I don't know. They're not they're not burpy. They're just like heavy and kind of like you
0: know gritty. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, it's, it, this is a cool release. Dungeon death metal, man. <laughs> it's just yeah. It's like the frog that lives in the puddle in a dungeon somewhere. It's,
1: it's yeah. almost got like a and vibe too with the way the doubles sound like the pedals I'm like are those triggers those on the trigger pedals clicky, yeah. Like, yeah.
2: super compressed but meanwhile like. yeah. it's this raw
1: band played it's it's a really cool that took two years to make that release happen
0: wow yeah <laughs> uh, okay man yeah Was it? were they just like two years of like gradually degrading the tape and everything or? basically
1: <laughs> it's one of the things that happens sometimes when you're doing a label I was ready and they weren't mm-hmm. so they came around to be like, probably, you know, over a year or so later, we got it going. But, yeah, it took almost, I think, two years to make the whole thing happen, so... But, I mean, I remember, I was like, wow, this is dead in the water. And then they were ready to, like, yeah, man, we want to do this. So I'm like, alright, let's do it. I was financially... Good to go, still. And I said, "Yeah, man, let's do it." And a lot of people wanted that album. I can tell you that.
0: It sounds like something you pull up out of the water. Yeah, it's, it's right. and I'm saying this with I'm saying this with reverence because I, I it's the total spirit of death metal. Yeah. It's such a fucking sick release, and it does grow on you. It gets under your skin. It's not like that clean, polished, technical album yeah. that you're just ripping in your car, man, right from the go. This is something that grows on you and gets under your skin. You got to listen to it when you're alone. And um, maybe you could just give a little background, because I know they're kind of like a classic old-school band, right? They're one of the first
1: bands, I think, playing
0: that kind of extreme music from there. They've been around a really
1: long time. They've broken up a few times, but they are kind of a staple, I think, for Peru. You know, what uh, bands measure themselves to and everything like that, and plus... One of the guys also does his own label, and I've traded with him.
0: So, okay.
1: you know, they're lifers, man, as we would say. Yeah, man, ha- oh,
0: Hades God. with a Z at yeah. the end. Which I love that Z at the end. <laughs> Hades. 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 ladies, Come on. Hades. Yeah. No, that, that, that shit is great. And uh, I just, I also want to thank you on the podcast, Mike. You were kind enough to bring me this. Um, what was the label that put this out? Uh, Raw Black Hole from Bolivia. Raw Black Hole from Bolivia uh, put out this cassette version of the album we're talking about now, Hades, Mortuary, Te Salutat, and um, the CD version, obviously put out by Paragon Records in uh, 2014. Man, so it's still still collecting mold in the in the casket, yeah. um, it's dripping, well, dripping, and whatever. Box. Yeah, man, I, I could talk about this all night. But but, <laughs> but moving forward there's one there's one release that i really think fans of this podcast listeners of this podcast especially some of the interviews we've done with brutal death metal bands would be interested in is permanent midnight from uh is it pennsylvania pennsylvania that's yeah. right man all right can't read my own handwriting that, that oh, hey, your handwriting is probably
1: better than mine man
0: but you put out uh, under the blood moon uh their album in 2013 uh yeah i believe that's when it was. And yeah. So sick. It uh, parts of it remind me of In Satanity and uh, Mortal Decay. Even they've got that East Coast chunky, um, uh, uh, like death metal, but not quite slam. You know what? Actually, Morpheus Descends popped into my head. Oh, great band,
1: Morpheus Descends, Ritual yeah.
0: Infinity. Yeah, this Permanent Midnight man. They, they they have a very black metal vibe, and then they go into that chunky, brutal, low end death metal. There's like some kind of symphonic elements, and it's it, it does all the right things for me, man. Great atmosphere. A,
2: a great album cover. I'm kind of looking at it right now. Uh, These
0: guys definitely just snuck onto a farm to snap this picture real quick. They're definitely out in the woods there in PA, man. That looks looks like Rob Wharton from Cognitive's house, actually. Uh, Yeah, I've been there. Shout shout out to Rob. You good? I
1: remember that was like an actual photo. I was like, Paul's like, because Paul's the main guy in the band, and he was like, this is just a photo. So when I sent it to the pressing plant, they're like, Mike, this is... Because there was nothing that could be done with all like the modern technology. You just take it off a picture from a camera. So I was like, and I-, I won't release anything that's going to be pixelated to shit. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Because yeah, you're a professional. You yeah, want it to be... As much as it's underground, it's got to be professional. Yeah. And, um, but A to Z Media, always great to work with. Uh, they were like, dude, we're just going to you know max the shit out of it and it'll look nice <laughs> and Advanced we, we lucked out you know we lucked out it really you can't tell really the pixelation or anything it came out nice no it's cool man for the look too
2: you know you kind of want that
1: grit yeah it yeah. works
0: yeah, totally yeah. Works. it works looks yeah. great and it's um, fun, You know, for for you know for a new york death metal guy like me uh you know who grew up on the brutal style of death metal man this just did it you know, scattered remnants, Morbius descends yeah. in satanity, but with a real black metal edge to it. Yeah. It was kind of like symphonic string. Yeah, instrument he moments. Paul was
1: very influenced, like by Dusk and Embrace, Cradle mm-hmm. of Filth, Error, mm-hmm. and stuff. He really was coming from that vibe, but then also the heavy death metal vibe. I mean, just to give you an idea where they're coming from in PA, very rural. He was like, dude, we did a show one night, and you know, someone got thrown to the wall. <laughs> when the pit broke out.
0: Maybe it was a werewolf, because this, is, this is a werewolf-themed album. Yes, it pulled, big so it pulled
1: big into werewolves. <laughs> he loves them.
0: The fact that it's like... They're, loves them. They're, they're in corpse paint on an old farm. They're playing, like, kind of brutal death metal-influenced black metal, and it's all about werewolves. I'm yeah. sold. This yeah. is so sick, yeah, man. Yeah, just
2: what I'm listening to, like, if I didn't see this picture, I would have never guessed this was... East you would never, West yeah. There. And yeah. the
0: thing was with, with, with Paul,
1: I mean... The guy you're listening to, he can sing opera too. Oh, I've really? heard him, yeah. He can sing opera. And then a shout out to Paulo Capremisis, he found the Capremisis CD in um I think some store not too far from his house he used to sell them. <laughs> he loves the Copremises album.
0: The Muay Thai Lady Boys? Yeah,
1: Paul uh. Paul from uh, Funeral Thus uh, Per Midnight loves Paulo's Copremises well, album. was that
0: loves 2007? It. Yeah jeez yeah, uh, yeah, just long time ago. Fans for our listeners um you know the Ping with Paulo episode that was very popular. Paulo's old band Copremises was also on Paragon Records and their their full length album Muay Thai Lady Boys. Came out. Let's let, real quick. Let's. let's <laughs> I just want to talk about because you you put BioLich out, you put premises out, and you did. You just recently put out Buckshot FaceLift out. Other than just wanting to support your local friends. What What's with the oddball grindcore bands thrown in with this this eclectic mix?
1: Well, I don't want to toot your horn too much, but Buckshot Facelift is just great. <laughs> <It's>,
0: <laughs>
1: I mean, you know the story when Brian, you know, our buddy Brian, used to do Hell's Trash uh, Industries, the tape label, with me. Um, he was living at my place for a short period of time. He still helps me out with Facebook with Paragon. He had a burn of living ghosts in the North Shore. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, Mike, you can know, only play it for you. And... Will, my reaction was I'm like, who the fuck is putting this out? (laughs) And I missed the boat on
0: it. So well, well, we and we put out Ulcer Island with Paragon Records, yep. and we're very happy with that and all that. Not, not great album, I, yeah. I love that I, album so much. Yeah, did, it's oh, a great whoa, whoa. album. Here. Here, here. Pump here,
2: here. The Take <laughs> it, will. <laughs> pump, <laughs> <the breaks. laughs> pump the brakes. Pump the brakes. <laughs> pump the brakes. Start
0: back. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't start this line of questioning just to get a, um, a handshake party going. <laughs> but but uh, you know, no. The, the, the point being, like, well, I'll, I'll, I'll phrase it this way: all these people that you're now trading with in 2007, the cold black metal people from across the world, you're like, hey guys. I got this new Muay Thai Ladyboy CD of brutal, guttural death metal. Like, what was the reaction like?
1: It's weird. You get some interesting responses. Like, some people will only trade for black metal, which, I, you know, to any of those people listening, oh, God. <laughs> just, you know, open. I, I, dude, I've always been like, just open your horizons a little bit. Yeah, but yeah. you got quite a few people. Oh, yeah, man, let me take that. You know, Let me check that out, you know? Yeah. And that's when you find out that so many you know of us into this stuff it's like dude i listen to all i may have the bands that i like but i listen to so many different sub genres of it across the board Mm -hmm. and that's the way i've always been and you know we as paragon's known obviously for black metal and some death metal but we want to be known as a label that supports metal obviously more on the extreme side not necessarily always but that's what we want to be known for
0: yeah, um, not necessarily always, because I want to get into Ghost Tower. Absolutely. But, but we, I, I want to dig through some of this obscure crap that you fucking... <laughs> not crap, some of this crazy <laughs> shit you got, man. Uh, we talked about Hungarian uh, black metal, man. Let's talk about Aetherius Obscuritus, uh, if I said that right. Love
1: them, man. Love them, yeah.
0: You, you've put out four albums by them, uh, yep. so you should love them. Yeah. The, their, <laughs> the, you got their Viziak. This is Hungarian, so I might pronounce it wrong. Viziac in 2007, Black Medicine in 2009. Uh, Ventus in 2012 and MMXV, which is the Roman numerals for 2015, mm-hmm. the, year, the year it came out. Um, I listen to this and it's like very melodic, kind of atmospheric, doomy black metal, um, but still with that intense, raw, traditional kind of production. Yes. Not like corpse production where you can't hear it, but very like lo-fi and um, almost like punk production in a way uh, to me. I might get a death threat over comparing it to that, but um, and it's in it's in in the Hungarian language and all. So, why don't you talk a little bit about those guys? How'd you find them, and um, how did that how that all come across?
1: Well, when I used to, once it got more into the email for getting in touch with people with trading, I would get zines in, and I used to grab every, like I said, every snail mail address, every email address, email every band being reviewed and band being interviewed as much as I could, and. He was one of them. It looked interesting to me, and he was like, "Dude, I don't want to trade. I just want someone to put out my album."
0: <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Basically,
1: uh, and we just started our relationship from there.
0: Wow, and four out, four albums in. Are any, uh, any plans with those? It's been 2015. Was the last album he put out anything else? He's or?
1: actually Arcle just hit me up about a month ago. He's working on something now, so okay. we'll see what happens.
0: Okay, so moving forward, uh, another release I wanted to cover is uh, a Sicilian band, uh, Heretical, and their album, if I'm saying this right, Daemon our Christ in 2014 that you put out, right? Correct. Yeah, uh, really a little bit of an interesting twist given the other bands on your label because this is produced very, with a lot of like modern-day clarity, Um, it's symphonic, brutal black metal, uh, with, and the, it's like I said, the production, it's got this like epic, almost like film score like quality to it. Uh, with 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 like the symphonic atmosphere, big dramatic sound. It's flashy without sounding like that kind of like tech death, you know. Yeah, music. You should check thing. the video
1: on YouTube, man. It's uh, sick. I watched it today. Yeah, is it that fun. not? It, I mean, it's, it's, it's weird. You've seen like stuff like it, but the way they do it, they make it their own. Very interesting, like practical face paints. Yes, it, like, yeah,
2: really creative video. Definitely check that out. What's what's the single called again? Uh,
1: I got the name of it offhand. I know if you just put it in, it'll come up. I know that been yeah, 5 well, years
0: of madness people he doesn't he, yeah i got he doesn't dead. remember everything and come i'm on.
1: horrible with songs
0: <laughs> oh me too dude
1: i don't even remember my favorite band's name yeah.
0: and, and, and it's also probably in italian i mean come on but uh but yeah heretical this what a great album this is man and um like i said a little bit of a of a, of a step in a different direction compared to some of your other releases cuz it's got a, a very high like modern competitive production value and that symphonic quality to it man like it almost I don't want to. I don't want to put it there, but like that cradle of filth, Dimo Bourgier, like you know thing Going definitely, on, man. definitely. definitely. What, what, what about these guys, man? What can you tell us about these Sicilian black metal guys?
1: They hit me up about it. You know, they had a they sent me a promo of it in this really like little special cardboard thing. And this is one of the things it's a box? with me, yeah, like oct- I, I don't even know, like this little cardboard box thingy, whatever with a calzone. octagon thing or whatever would have been nice if it came with a slice, but <laughs> a Sicilian slice, huh? yeah, a Sicilian slice, Put that on the but um, shirt. but I, like with most bands. I really got to sit with the album I got to like you can't oh just mp3 our tracks Nah, man you got to send me something and I got to sit <laughs> to see if I dig it you know and it's like if and if that ain't cool with you I understand but I don't know what to tell you that's what I need because I really gotta why I'm doing my emails I gotta I play it again I play it again it's like you're feeling it you are feeling it or you're not feeling it you know I go through those things and that was one of the things at first and I was like yeah it's okay and then I found myself I could stop listening to it yeah. and I hit them up and it still hadn't been released yet mm-hmm. and I'm like you guys want to do it and they were like yeah let's do it and they wanted a simple again just press the thousand CDs they get uh, 100 without cases and uh, you know that's it you know and I, one of the things I, I, I'm going to shout out to my boy Gavin right now he said it the best to me with that album in my opinion he's like Mike every song's got something different to offer He's like, when you listen to it. And yeah, he's like, yeah. even like later on, like if you're the seventh, to eighth track, they start doing like. Gang you know, gang like thrash vocals and you know, for backup stuff and one of my friends who reviewed it on the Metal Archives, you know, I think he might have said like, you know, makes me think of Leeway and like hardcore bands and mm. stuff like that, which I'm like, man, that's cool, man. That's really which is good. funny yeah.
2: too, because it's like uh, it's relentless like trend picking yes. what I've listened to so far, which you know, it's mixing that almost dark funeral style like wall of sound trend picking with gang vocals
0: and shit. Yes. Very Be- very unique. I, well, I note like a lot of Paragon Records releases, you find some some elements in there that kind of pop out at you and don't seem like like what you would expect. And I think maybe that comes from drawing from such a, a wide pool of bands from different cultures, different countries. And most of these bands are not bands that are necessarily trying to pander towards like Western commercial ideals of metal. You're picking out the bands that are like proud to be where they're from and trying to add some of their local flavor and tradition to it too. You know, so. I, I think that 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 absolutely says something too. You know, there's always something different in a Paragon Records release.
1: Basically, just doing something. You know, bands that they love what they're doing. You could they're doing it for real, not um you know, look at me, look at me. Even though I might be doing crap, but just pay attention to me. No, they're doing it because I they're in this for the same reason I am. You love it, and you're not going to make any money.
0: Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, and um, I'm gonna. Uh, I want uh, moving forward. There's because there's a lot of bands, and you. I, I wrote down some bands with notes, and you brought a whole stack of CDs. <laughs> mm-hmm. So CDs. we're gonna chat. But um, <laughs> the next band I want to talk about uh, is uh, maybe I say this wrong, but panny Cheetah, um, Panchita, Panchita, Pan- yeah, Panchetta, huh? and I can't.
1: Yeah, Panchetta. I, I well, can't Italian. say. Is it Italian? No, it's, Italian. It's actually Czech Republic. Czech Republic, oh, yeah. but you would think it might be, it Italian, might be Italian. You know? Italian. Yeah.
0: P-A-N-Y-C-H-I-D-A from the Czech Republic in 2013 Yes you put out their album Grief for an Idol Yes Uh, and they um, I've seen them labeled Pagan Black Metal and it's kind of like this very doomy uh, black metal with, with like folk like traditional instrument uh you know influences and a lot of atmosphere very melancholic melodic uh, like death metal elements and um some is it are there synthesizers or is it all like traditional instruments I think there's some uh,
1: synthesizers in it whatever but they mix a lot of things or whatever like this opening track oh this track
0: freaking kills me man I love this song it's really yeah. addictive man and it's the type of thing where uh, you know so-called folk metal or pagan metal whatever you want to call it is not necessarily my normal neighborhood for metal but this is pulled off so tight and written so well that it's 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 it, the way it's presented is great man and it, it really like tears at your heartstrings it's so dramatic the the melodies are great there's like even elements I hear maybe like the new wave of British he- heavy metal bands yeah there's uh, in, definitely in a lot of, of different
1: elements that I yep. and yeah. I mean and, and it's and yeah I agree with what you say well it's passionate and you feel it. You know, and that was something when I was listening to it that really, you know, grabbed me about it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, really amazing. Is
1: is he singing in Czech? Uh, yeah. I believe he is for most of the tracks. I'm not sure sort of mm. for all of them, but I believe for most of them he is. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and um, the, the artwork, too. I really love the artwork on this one, man. Yeah, it's, the artwork
1: grabs me, too.
0: It's, like, this very interesting, kind of, like, abstracted forest illustration. It almost looks like there could be, like, faces hiding in the yeah. in the shadows <laughs> and stuff. It's, it's really mysterious. creepy. Yeah, you
2: can look at that for a couple hours and still not know what's going on, you know? Yeah,
0: very, very creepy, man. And, again, you just feel like you get a flavor of... Uh, so, some some far-off, uh, you know, town somewhere in the Czech Republic and what their little local metal scene is like. Yeah, you know and what a, I mean? It's like and a lot, snapshot.
1: And there, a lot of times they're writing about, like, history that's gone on in their country specifically the last song I think is something very personal to the band but a lot of times just from their past and even their last release which uh, they did one album after this uh, so far and um, they have like two or three albums I think before this Mm -hmm. but they are talking about the heritage of their native land and stuff like that and I respect that because you know you think of the fact of how we're proud to be from Long Island and with certain things Mm -hmm. and you know I try to just be open to that with bands in you know other countries and stuff
0: yeah yeah and I think there's like like I mentioned before there's something to be said for bands that don't uh, necessarily try to appeal or pander to Western metal ideals they try to take the concept of metal and make it their own the same way we you know we make New York death metal yeah you know these guys should be making Hungarian you know folk metal whatever it is they're trying to express you know what I mean don't don't just try to be like uh, um who you see on on the cover of whatever magazine or something you know yeah
1: I mean I think one of the biggest things is, you know, Ozzy even said it years ago. He's like, We're all thieves, we all rip each other off <laughs> ideas and stuff, and maybe it ain't so blatant like that, but um the whole thing is everyone's gonna take their influences in, but filter them out and make it your own. And, you know, when I think of the band a lot of the bands we released, that's a big thing of what I'm looking for. I don't wanna and you know, this is not to slight any bands, but I'm not looking for the next incantation wannabe. Man. I'm not looking for the next Dark Throne wannabe or the Marduk wannabe, you mm-hmm. know, or we just want to sound like My Dying Bride, or, you know, it could go on and on and on. You know, if you're influenced by Dark Throne and Marduk and Suffocation, whatever, you know what, maybe take that in, spin it around with your ideas, and try to make it your own. And not for the sake of making it your own, but making something good that you can call your own. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, you know, to me, that's one of the things that keeps me back to... Listening to new bands and stuff like that. Be real,
2: y'all. Work on your riffs.
4: (laughs) Yeah. I've said it before. I think I'm just going to keep saying that every episode now, going,
2: work on your riffs, guys. Yeah. That'll be your catchphrase. And uh, that pairs nicely with what you're saying. Great. You have to, yeah, you got to be, you're not going to be able to make a
0: hot pocket if you don't do it right, (laughs) you know? True. They have, yeah. they, Whatever they, the hell
2: that means, they're well, sold cold, you know. And you have
4: to yeah, put your sold, own heat into it. Exactly. So. If, you make, make if you make if you make your own
0: bread and you make your own sauce and your own cured meat and make your own hot pocket, you're gonna enjoy it that much more. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's very like well, bringing it back to earth, though. Uh, sorry, I spun it out. And now bring it back. Like if you spin your hot pocket
2: dough out and bring <laughs> yeah, it back, like you know the recommendations at the end of this the show, it's that's kind of the idea behind it you know mm-hmm. where we want to yeah. find bands too so y- you're doing that from the get go and that's very commendable so but you can recognize,
4: recognize you, stuff that's uh, genuine I mean, done yeah. done with uh, with heart you know I mean?
1: think I can you know that's what I try to do that I mean if that's how you are then you know it might not be so hard to see it in other bands, you know, and stuff like that by just what you're hearing. And it's like someone who comes up to you, it's like, well, you know, I could tremble pick, you know, like you know, like the Dark Throne albums. It's like, well, okay, well, what are you doing with that? You know, are you taking that into your own? Or you know, I don't want to hear a guy who's just going to tremble. Well, I can do the Under a Funeral Moon songs, but I'll just name them different song titles. I'm, sure. That doesn't interest me. That right. doesn't interest me in the least.
2: Yeah, so. and you're just doing copycat stuff. You know, at least be honest with yourself. Yeah. You well,
0: know? yeah. and uh, yeah, yeah. That being said, yeah. there is a big market for, like we said, bands that sound a, uh, you know, there's like 50 flavors of incantation nowadays. Yes, that's there are. I mean, and I'm, you know, I'm, be, I'm gonna be real. I like some of those younger bands that are uh, flipping it in a, a slightly different direction. But uh, that's not what you do. You don't put that stuff out. And there's a big enough market for that stuff where I think it's it's appreciated. Like we said, that you're kind of fi- You know, you're, you're you're fishing for the deep fish. That's that's yeah. down there. The, the you know the 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 deep cut in the heavy hole, you know what i mean? Now, i i have some notes on bands that you're that are a little bit more like recent for paragon records, sure. like root um and Fornis and ghost tower, but you brought this stack of CDs. Do you want to tear into that before we, we get up we, we bring up ourselves up to date? Yeah, sure. We could do uh, this one right here, Faust from Glory to Infinity. Fa- Where are they from? They are from Italy as well. And this also featured Steve DiGiorgio on bass. Um, for those who aren't familiar, you want to uh, just preface with who Steve DiGiorgio is? I mean, Steve DiGiorgio,
1: for the listeners, I'm sure most will know, but he, I mean, he's played with Autopsy, he's played with Death, Testament, obviously his main band, Sadus. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's played with Iced Earth, Vintersorg. I mean, he is.
0: Was he in Witchery?
1: I no, he wasn't, but he was in Sebastian Bach. Okay, I saw okay. him live with Sebastian Bach. Oh, okay. Actually, <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> he's been all over. I mean, he's you know he's someone I think makes a living from it by being a hired musician and stuff yes. like He's that. He's all
2: over the place. Yeah. He is.
1: He's a fantastic yeah.
0: bass player. Excellent uh, bass yeah. player.
1: I mean, to be on Death Human and, you know, individual floor patterns. And
0: just, Absolutely.
1: Yeah, it's just classic.
0: Man. And and now this band, uh, Faust, that, that and, and who else is in the band? Anyone else? The that main know?
1: guy, let me see if I can read his name here because I'm on my glasses. I haven't worked with them <laughs> in years. But the main guy, actually, maybe you can read it, Will. Um, he used to be with Ancient
0: from Norway. Oh, look, is that G-H-I-U-L-Z? Yeah, yeah. G- I mean, if I, I got my glasses, I can't <laughs> read him. <a> mic. Gaiulz. <laughs> G- G- yeah, that's yes. good enough. That's yeah. a stage good. name. Giles.
1: Alberto, I believe, is his real name. I haven't been in touch with him for years. but um. And what, what band was it that you said he was involved in? Uh, Ancient from Norway. Oh, okay. He used to tour with them. He never played on any of the releases, but he used to tour with them all the time. He went to South America with them.
0: He went all over Europe with them. So it's fair to say he cut his chops with Ancient, and now uh, he's got this Faust thing going with he- he had
1: Faust going before DiGiorgio, Ancient, okay. but Ancient was kind of always traveling around themselves. At one point, they were in the states, so, so that's where the
0: gig was. Yeah, he was
1: in Italy. I think yeah. that's
0: how he met Alberto. And okay. um, you know, is that how he met the girl on the cover? I don't know, but come come you gotta
1: love the girl on come the on. cover. Though. Some solid tips <laughs> <on that. laughs> We,
0: we uh, no, I didn't. I didn't take it there. Well drawn.
1: That is really a nice naked cartoon drawing of a. Uh, it's of got the weight to it. It's judges. got real weight. Yeah, uh, it yeah. does. By the
0: time that uh, this episode comes out, our Mortal Decay episode will have aired, and we spend a great deal of time talking about the cover of Sickening Erotic Fanaticism. Oh, that's mm. a great yeah. cover. That's yeah. a
1: great record. They man. were saying
0: it might, for a re release, they, there's a chance that they, it would be like an illustration of that picture, because that Ugh. picture might be a little too much for the repressing. But uh, but moving forward, moving forward. <laughs> what what else you got in that stack of CDs? Let's see what we got, yeah. It's Elite. Oh, from elite.
1: Norway, uh, really kind of more of a straightforward black metal band that kind of had their own thing going. Uh, not sure what they're doing now or whatever. Great but, um, uh, you know, we definitely got some good feedback on them when we put that out. That's definitely one of the earlier releases. Goes yeah. back a long ways, that one.
0: Yeah, the um, the the gentleman from Elite came and visited Long Island. I told you the story. I just want to get it on record. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I, I must have. I mean, I think I was. What year did this come out? The Elite CD.
1: Oh, I don't even know. But it was. What were we talking? But we were talking off the podcast, early two thousands. Like yeah, definitely was early two like thousands. Yeah.
0: All right. So I'm I'm old enough to know better. But I go up to the Norwegian guy and I'm making small talk and I'm like, Yeah, I like grindcore, man. And he's and I was like, You got any grindcore bands where you're from in Norway? He's like. We have a few, but they might be too evil for you. <laughs> <laughs> and, that, and that was kind of like... The, like he, 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 he wasn't really trying to chit-chat with, with Big Will. So and,
1: that, that, and that was also... I remember there were two hip-hop guys there. We sold them the elites. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I can only
1: imagine what they were thinking when they listened to it. But, hey, you never know. And um, that was the first night I saw you freestyle,
0: Will. Yeah, I think I was freestyling mm-hmm. in front of the club. And, no, the, and there were, like, two hip-hop guys yeah. came over... And were, and were like rapping with me or whatever, and then they start talking to you. And I think they were very interested in the uh, the idea of an underground label because they could relate to that. Like they, you know, they were trying to get involved in the hip hop game, and and they saw you selling CDs and all that stuff. So they kind of respected it. And I I also remember too. I uh, one of the, the one guy was like He wasn't a rapper He was more of a producer Manager type guy And he wanted to Get me to do Go upstate and do a show Like an open <laughs> mic thing And I, I turned it down To do a buy bi- Because I had a that show book And that was That was where my hip hop career My death metal uh, career Split You know
1: fate got in and the way death
0: light. metal yes so I'd, I'd be a big famous rapper Right now man But, but what are you gonna do Huh But <laughs> Alright man
4: 2003 it was uh, The Elite. Two th- yeah,
0: 2003. 2003. Thanks, right. Justin. So I was, I was uh, uh, 21 years old. I didn't know any better. Was, I will say
1: just about anything you guys ask me the date of. Mike, what's the date? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I know I put it out.
0: Well, you th- we're, Now we're in your stack of CDs that you brought. We're out of my notes, so I can't help you now. <laughs> All right. But uh, but what, what's this here? This is
1: Dark Instra, uh, Great Silk Road. This is the reissue of it on Jewel Case because we did it on Digi CD uh, with a different cover. Mm-hmm. And... Um, that's our biggest seller to this day, which really is not the digi version, it's not the jewel
0: case repress. Darkest, uh, or spelled D A R K E S T R A H, and the album is The Great Silk Road. Yes. Where are these guys from? From
1: Kazakhstan or whatever, what you said earlier. You might have said the country better than I did. Kazakhstan? Yeah, but they're located in Germany. Mm-hmm. But that's where they are originally out of. And is that actually, a former
0: um, Soviet country? Is yeah, I believe so. Yeah, right okay. I'm, I'm not the best educated one. And on the Great podcast. Silk Road again is about the very like nice. the history. Very nice. You very know, nice. and very nice. yeah,
1: and um, you know, This is what a female screamer. And mm-hmm. uh, they're on Osmos Productions actually. Now they yeah, went to okay. Osmos after this
0: album. Okay, I'm so pretty uh, proud about that. And has anyone else that you released going on to um, other labels and um, cores
1: else? from the Ukraine? Yeah. Uh, we did a few releases with them. They went on to Candlelight, which okay. st- uh, I believe they're still there.
0: What what albums was it that you put by? Uh, we reissued
1: cold, right? uh, the Flames of Eternity's yeah. Declining Cold on a double CD, and we also did Mysticism, and we did Return to
0: Abandon, both
1: on digi CD.
0: And that's spelled K H O R S. The yes, band from the yep. Ukraine. That's really great stuff. I remember when you put that out, you hooked me up with a couple of copies, and it was like really, um, like like beautiful low-fi uh, melodic death metal, a lot of atmosphere to it, but also like a lot of raw energy. That was good stuff. It's a little, it may sound a little melodramatic, but I even said this, to Alexander, the bass player, who I was in touch with them. Where I said,
1: dude, when I listen to Cores, I feel like I'm listening to you guys making you feel the Ukraine. Like, the, that patriotism towards their country, because yeah. that's a lot of what they're singing about, and I just feel they are the Ukraine when you listen to them. Wow. You know, that yeah. spirit of it. So. Well, uh,
0: again, just speaking to the the idea that a lot of your releases are kind of like snapshots of very specific metal scenes in far-off towns uh, somewhere, you know? Uh, what what else you got for us? <laughs> oh, this is that Permanent Midnight, man. I yeah. I yeah. am a big fan of, of uh, Permanent Midnight, man. What an awesome release the r everything just works in in uh in favor of me being a fan it of has it.
1: like a raw old school feel and it it you know it comes across again that real feel without that cheesy feel and that's yes, what i want yeah. you know
0: being, and being a big in fan and a big morpheus descends fan um that, that that permanent midnight just hits me right there, man. Such such a great package, man. those that, are
1: interesting comparisons. I think Paul yeah. would definitely take that as a compliment. I haven't talked to him in a while, but Paul, if you ever listen to this, man, I definitely I definitely think you'll dig that.
0: Good, great job, Paul. Loving loving that album. Yeah, it's it's because it's just that mixture of like kind of eerie black metal atmosphere with the East Coast death metal. But but enough about permanent midnight. We got a lot to get through. Um, you're talking now. We're talking. Uh, let's let's talk about this. Sectioned, Purulent Reality. This was, was this 2010? 2010, that I actually remember. (laughs) Yeah, man. Well, you you should remember because you're on it.
1: I am on it, yes.
0: (laughs) And um, this is also uh, Pete Christopher playing drums. Uh, and Zoltan is the guitarist, right? Yes. That's, that's kind of like his brainchild. Is, yes, is, his
1: section is Zoltan's brainchild. Mm-hmm. Yes, it
0: is. And now around the same time, you put out Dimension on... Uh, Collapse the Void. Collapse the Void album, and that's got the uh, same, same lineup, similar lineup? Uh, yeah, well, along with Maureen on bass, and we mm-hmm. had, uh, we had a, uh,
1: the guy who also, Pete Rucho, who recorded the album. He actually does the rhythm guitars on that record, too.
0: Okay, and I thought that was uh, very interesting at the time as a listener, because Collapse the Void is more like traditional Dimensionon, um, like blackened death metal. It's You know, Dimensionon is never straightforward. There's, there's a lot of black metal, there's a lot of dark atmosphere, there's elements of old school death metal, whereas this sectioned album is very straightforward melodic death metal. It's it's it gives you a vibe maybe of some of the older Swedish bands maybe mixed with like Pestilence or Sinister or something absolutely and it was great to hear you Mike because as we talked about before the Forgotten into Dimension is pretty much the only band you've been in uh, up until this point and we got to hear Mike on more of a death metal proper album which was great because uh, you, as you know Will I love
1: I love the death metal scene so it was yeah. great to actually be a part of this and to and again to put my everything that my influences that i could put into this that i could have put into dimension on
0: Mm -hmm. exactly which is why it's great sometimes to hear another band by someone that you only know associated with one type of music now with section you guys played live uh with that lineup but that when while you were in the band right uh with this actual lineup
1: or what i'm trying to think it was never the five of us ever did a show there were plenty of people that played in section Mm -hmm. um the other, the bass player actually is Robin Eagleston, a.k.a. Robin Graves. Used to be in Cradle of Filth. He uh, toured with Grimforce. Uh, uh, was it Grimforce? I can't think of the name right now offhand. Something Grim something in Norway. Uh, Belphegor. And okay. um, that was the first person Zoltan actually met while he was living in England to come jam with him with section was Robin. So it just started from there.
0: And you got to travel. Didn't you go to England?
1: I played a show with European shows. I did a show in London uh, with Section. I did two shows in Hungary. And I did a show in the Netherlands.
0: Zoltan originally from Hungary. Yes, right? okay. I traveled. he
1: traveled. You know, he lived in the U.S. for a while. He lived yeah. in England, Holland. He's, he resides in Switzerland now. So how would
0: you get hooked up with the dude and uh, with Section and all that? And, and then he was in Dimension on for that period of time too, right? Yeah, you guys we got were... him
1: in Dimension on for a short period of time as well. Because
0: like he was part of that local cohesive Long Island scene, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We
1: got him over here and you know, he fit in with all of us. But the whole thing started with this album by a band called Frost called Fragments Extreme Lonely. Loneliness. and um, did paragon put that out we reissued it okay on cd and i got gotten the tape from a buddy of mine anthony used to do non-copus mentis uh records i which, remember Ant- you, from you know anthony, anthony shout out to anthony non-copus mentis we call him gramps oh boy okay <laughs> but um and i remember it was one of the last because he always had stuff to buy and it was one of the last things he had this tape on the stack and the cover just looked cool to me and i bought it And the rest was history because I couldn't stop listening to it and um, I finally I said man from my first personal signing I want this to be my band because Jimmy at that time was putting out all the releases so and we were uh, we were a partnership so I said oh Jim I want to do this and I got in touch with Frost through email none of them could speak English now Zoltan didn't play on that album But he was in the band at the time. Mm. So he was the one who got back to me, and it just started from there. We just started talking. I reissued it. He told me about Section, and the rest, as they say, is history. You know, we ended up doing it.
0: Wow, and I would just highly recommend this uh, Section CD, Purulent Reality, to any fans of um, kind of that. that I, I would say around 92, 93, Golden Era European death metal. Like I said, Pestilence, Sinister, all the Swedish bands. This is really great stuff. And if you're familiar with Dimension On or you listen to Dimension On after this podcast, it's uh, an interesting way to hear Mike's vocals in a different uh, context. And we'll talk a little bit more about Dimension On, but do you want to keep going through the uh, releases that you got? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this uh, is Root which So. Is- is this a reissue? That is a reissue. Yes, it is. Okay, because you also reissued Roots' um, Madness of the Graves album.
1: I did, and also we reissued that one on LP as well as CD.
0: Okay, and Root is a fairly obscure band to a lot of people. So you want to give a little context of why that's like special? I mean, with Root, I-, I couldn't believe when I was reissuing this because this is
1: one of those cult bands. You know, one of the first bands from kind of like the. Pre second wave black metal movement, and Root is not traditional black metal on any level whatsoever. And um, they're more looked at as epic dark metal, but they're one of the first bands along with Masters Hammer from the Czech Republic, kind of doing their thing. And I, you know, I found out about them obviously getting into bands and stuff, and I just got more and more into them. And I think I just emailed their current bass player who's still with the band now. And it just started from there to reissue it, which honestly was pretty shocking at the time. I actually kept that hidden from a lot of my close friends who were big Root fans. I said, yeah. "I got a surprise for you, man, coming." Yeah. So it was it was a really it was a really big deal, not financially, <laughs> but to release it, it was really a big, a personal kind of milestone for the label.
0: Yeah, and um, it's it's a band that even I think a lot of people that that think they're familiar with with black metal might not realize had such a influence you know people know about Bathory and Celtic Frost and and uh, you know Venom and a lot of those you know like Sodom Destruction the thrash bands and stuff but this is uh, a band that kind of falls by the wayside unless you're really extra cult like you are
1: yeah they're like the Sabat of Japan uh, obviously mm-hmm. Masters Hammer who I mentioned already and of course I think the king of the pre-second wave going into with tormentor from okay.
0: Hungary, so torment, and was that the band? Uh, the, the singer went on to be in Mayhem. Mayhem, yeah, okay, um, but yeah, root, root, very. I would not, not what I would reference as black metal, but again, they're like that pre-second wave, so yeah. it's more like. Um, yeah. Death, like, slow, doomy death metal.
1: Yeah, it's they used to be kind of more death metal. I mean, they've kind of jumped around in a lot of releases. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, a lot of, like, say, the black metal, the satanic stuff is Big Boss, as he's called. He yeah. is the yeah. founder of the Church of Satan in the Czech Republic.
0: Yeah, I wanted to ask mm-hmm. you about that, because he's the singer, right? Yes, he's. And he does these, like, He's, very... like,
1: 64, man. Wow. Something like that. Really? He's older than King.
0: Because wow. he does these like overly dramatic, kind of, like, like. Drunk, like I want to say opera, but it's like the opera of a madman. Yeah. You know, I mean his vocals are very out there. They
1: are an acquired taste for sure. Uh, that's yeah. called
0: wailing. Yeah, he's w- he's wailing and and doing all sorts of woolly mammoth thing. And <laughs> yeah, yeah man. no, I mean the vocals are they're out they're very
1: there. different. And there's yeah. been, you know it, it's either something that's gonna click with you and it's like eh, I don't know if this is clicking with me but obviously they have their fan base um, when they came over and played Maryland uh, a couple of years ago uh, there was definitely a lot of people there to see them I heard I, I was disappointed I missed it but I heard yeah. there was a lot of people there to see them
0: cold following uh, to be sure with Root um, are, are, you, are you still working with them or they definitely want to still do more with me. It's all a matter of money,
1: which, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's everything, obviously, yeah. but great band to work with. I work with the bass player Igor um, of that band. He actually doesn't play on this, but he does play on The Madness of the Graves mm-hmm. that I reissued. He's been with the band for years.
0: Uh, shout out to Igor. He's a great guy to deal with. All right. So uh, now we talked about you You recently re-released um, that that Root record a few Root records but going back further I see in your pile you got Black Crucifixion That that's kind of a, um, an older Paragon release right?
1: Yeah it is actually it's from the very probably early 2000s or something
0: like that what, What's up with that band? Where are they from?
1: Well they're from Finland and a lot of changes with this band because uh, we reissued a couple of their older releases as well mm-hmm. and um, they started out more like uh, Beharit like kind of war like you know death metal band kind of style yeah. and they went into what you listen
0: to right now and which, which album is this what is this this is um their album Faustian Dream Faustian Dream yep yeah so this is it's safe to say maybe they were part of that wave of bands that started out very heavy and brutal and went more towards like the uh melodic doom direction yeah, with, with which clean with a, instruments which a stuff.
1: lot of the Finnish bands they always many of them uh from the death metal scene and even like just the early 90s scene they would go in kind of just different directions as they went which really to me always came across, whether i liked it or not always came across real you know they yeah, were kind of just yeah. doing what they wanted to do
0: yeah we had um rick from uh, paragon records uh, recording artist gray skies fallen and uh, several episodes ago and he kind of broke down uh, a lot of those bands the um, you know your Catatonias Amorphous uh, yeah, fin- yeah yeah, yeah, yep. yeah Morpheus, another Finnish band so mm-hmm. so did you guys know that this album was going to be more of the experimental melodic quality when you received it or were you expecting them to put out like a raw death metal black metal album
1: no we kind of knew what they were doing we were reissuing uh, two of their older releases uh, one of them being Promethean Gift and the one before it which even Promethean Gift was different than the first one that we did Fallen One of Flame. Okay. Because that one. And from Fallen One of Flame, they go from like kind of a B style, you know, death metal band with I guess a black tinge or whatever. And like, you know, very much in the old Beharit vibe. Yeah. And, uh,. Promethean Gift, they got very atmospheric with these weird singing vocals. Still, I don't even know if you could label it black metal, but I don't know if it was exactly gothic metal, which would Faust and Dream basically kind of is kind of like a gothic mm-hmm. Doom record. But you know, this is the style they ended up kind of settling into, and they're still active to this day.
0: Okay, all right, so that's uh, and that's Black Crucifixion. Yes. All right, man. So, uh, yeah, the, uh, that, that's, that's funny because it, it's, it's like you were saying. It does indicate that kind of stylistic shift, you see. Maybe they did it a, a few years later. Oh, uh, Definitely, yeah. Because
1: yeah. even with Promethean Gift, I think, I don't know if they ever officially broke up. They might have. But they came, I think, kind of inactive. I think some of the members might have mm-hmm. been busy with other stuff. And then we just realized they were active again. And I think Jimmy, you know, Jimmy actually was the one. I don't know how the connection was made. But Jimmy set it all up with the two reissues, and then obviously this brand new album that we put out.
0: Hmm. Okay. And now um, I see at the bottom of your pile there uh, is a a local artist from Long Island, New York. (laughs) Yes,
1: Rigor Sardonicus.
0: Rigor Sardonicus, Long Island's masters of uh, slowed down cemetery sludge doom. Yeah, apocalyptic raw
1: doom. Oh, my God. Yeah, shout
0: shout out to Joe, man. Great guy. Yeah, Joe the
1: bold goon. (laughs) A lot of of, of
0: love for for Joe, man. Uh, This is... Uh, anyone who's just into that slow grinding uh, sludge doom man, it's yeah. kind of making a comeback now in the scene, man. He's got Cardonicus. some really
1: hardcore fans like that worship his band too. You know, uh, it, a band it,
0: like like this, I imagine, would because it's yes. very polarizing. Yes, yes.
1: Yeah. Matt, one show he told me years ago that the band did, um, I can't remember exactly where it might have been Sparks, but I'm not really sure. It's a long time ago. But I think he said he had two people come up to him saying that their sound made them physically nauseous. <laughs> and I was like, dude, that's a serious compliment, man. <laughs> I can
2: see
0: that. It's good, yeah. yeah.
4: yeah. <laughs> this reminds me of a Bastion Booger's entrance music. Uh, early <laughs> ba-
0: WWF. Bastion yeah. Booger, man, yeah. Very, very heavy. It's- and Joe, um... The stomach. Joe from Rigor Sardonicus. He's the main composer and uh, the, the guitarist yes. of Rigger Sardonicus. He was also, uh, the was he not the bass player, or was he the guitarist in Dimension On at one point?
1: First he was bass, and then he switched to guitar in Dimension On.
0: Okay, and he was also recently involved in um, Long Island bass band Voven Vovin uh, with other ex-members of Dimension On and The Forgotten uh, for a while. That is correct. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, just uh, like I was saying before, there's a very tight-knit scene of you guys kind of out east long island old school metalheads yeah know. we
1: all know we know each other for years
0: yeah for better yeah. or for worse for better
1: or worse for better or know, for worse man, man. hey you, man, know you know each
0: other for years <laughs> you know when when you're doing music that doesn't make any money uh with somebody for for a long time man you know your relationship the drama should, that ensues <laughs> yeah man it gets crazy man but yeah rigor sardonicus is I, I remember uh BioLich i believe played a show with them many years ago in the early it would have had to have been many years ago in the early 2000s and um the the other uh, not not Joe. There was uh, who's the other member of Briggerth? Uh, oh, Glenn. Yeah, Glenn. Man, yeah. I remember the two of them and the drum machine and yeah. the fog machine. And it was <laughs> just this. Uh, and and Joe one time did explain to me something about like using the brown note which is supposed to be the note that you play that makes people physically ill. Yeah. Is everyone familiar with that? Yeah, and the, especially in the uh, colon area. <laughs> yeah, so he, like Joe, the for people who don't know, Joe from Rigor Sardonicus, the main musician and composer behind it, he's a very accomplished musician. He's a very well-educated he's musician. He's classically he
1: trained acoustic guitar player. He taught me vocal techniques and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Joe's very sound engineer. And very, he's uh he really he he loves it. He's another lifer, and he knows what you know. He knows what he's doing. He's very skilled. Yep.
0: Which which knowing how like yeah how skilled, well educated, and talented he is at music, recording music, playing music, reading music, teaching music, it almost seems like a. Uh, a diabolical serial killer move to make a band Rigor Sardonicus. <laughs>
1: Absolutely. <laughs> like,
0: like like somebody who knows exactly what they're doing getting super ugly with it. Yep, man. just yeah.
1: aggravating the shit out of people, yeah. which Joe which just put a big smile on Joe's yeah, face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can picture
0: Joe <laughs> just smiling. Yeah, I, all right, man. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, yeah, so Rigor Sardonicus, man. All right. Great great shit, man. Now, um, so I think we worked our way through this pile here we did, yep. of Paragon Records releases. I just want to touch on some of your more... Uh, like recent releases and acts that I know you're actively pushing right now Uh, let's talk about Fornace from Italy Uh, like Furnace but with the O -O F-O-R-N-A-C-E for the listeners Uh, you put out three albums by them Uh, yes I did 2013's Pregnant is the Night 2015's my journey is ending, but the torment will be eternal. Love that title. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well,
1: Love that fucking title. Yeah, I want to talk about that. 2000, <laughs> 2000,
0: and uh, last year you put out 2018's Deep Melancholic Wrath. This is ugly, angry black metal with that real, like, old school lo fi songwriter, like, oh, lo fi production and. Uh, the song, the songwriting is very melodic, but with uh, like such a dark narrative, man. Yeah. man it's even like maybe uh, um, I, I hear sometimes like a old death or deceased or dissection death metal, like that pure death metal. You know, from- they
1: come from a death metal background because mm-hmm. they initially started out more like a black death metal band. So yeah. he's gone more, um, with Roberto, who's the main guy. His uh, stage name is uh, Possessed in the band, but his real name's Roberto. He wants to. He just wants to write good music and strip the band down to its core and keep it organic, keep it real.
0: Yeah, and that's uh, something I noticed in, in a few of uh, the more melodic, lo-fi, black metal bands because there's a few of them that you put out. Uh, but this band particularly is that they, they do strip it down. There's, there's there's no excess in the production at all. It's guitar, bass, drums, vocals. It's all right there, and it's, and it's very raw. But the amount of... Dynamic emotion and melodicism that they convey with just those elements is its really amazing sometimes. And sometimes it's like less is more.
1: Yeah, definitely with them. And I mean, they're very anti-image too. They don't give a shit, which personally I like image as much as the next person, but the way image has kind of got so overblown in our scene, the way I personally feel with some of the artists, I really kind of like their stance with that. And they, they don't make a big shit about it. They don't talk shit about it. They just, if you talk to them like yeah, we don't care about image at all, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> we just guys playing, we guys we're guys playing raw black metal. That's it. That's what we do.
0: And uh, I, I know you just put out their their most recent album in 2018. You still working with them? Anything for the future? Um, they're already,
1: um, especially like uh, the way Roberto puts it. He's like, dude, we're already working on the new material because you rather get new material out than kind of dude play shows that really you know were. You're, you know you're, you're a small fish in a big pond he's right. like you know what dude I'd rather get more quality releases out there than worry about doing shows so that's kind of where they're at right now I so like yeah. and they you know and we keep in touch and it's very simple you know that when it's done He'll send me the CDR. If I like it, you know, as long as I can financially do it, I'll mm. release it.
0: Mm. And that's for anybody, uh, any any aspiring bands. I could tell you, even with uh, the most recent Buckshot facelift out of Island, which Paragon put out, I had to burn a CD of it and drive to Mike's house after I got <laughs> off of work one day. You're not dropboxing it to Mike. <laughs> no. You're not zip, zip filing so it or whatever. None no. of this. Yeah, come on, kids. Send it yeah. to me, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Dub, uh, dub the guy a tape. Drop it in the mailbox. And I'll be
1: straightforward with you, like especially if you want to send me something. One, if I'm not signing anything right now, I'm gonna tell you that. Hmm. And but if you want an honest opinion on what I feel about your music, you send it, I will get back to you. And mm-hmm. I you know, I will mention look, man, it might not be what you wanna hear, but I will give you an honest opinion on what I think. Hmm. So you know, again, that goes back to just everything we've talked about, just being real. About it, and yeah. not you know, get into the bullshit, of it,
0: which I hate. <laughs> yeah, uh, not uh, not not um not kind of pandering to yeah, more, well, uh, you know commercial bends and, and giving up your dignity as a band, as a metal band. Um, all right, so that's Fornis. Uh, you know, for for people that are fans of very raw, stripped down, um, emotionally intense black metal, I would definitely recommend them. Uh, now another band that's kind of right out of left field, um, that I really love is Ghost Tower. You you put you, you re- reissued their album with some bonus tracks, I believe?
1: Actually, we put it out officially on uh, CD. It was put out officially on cassette by... I oh, was it? Punk Metal Rex or something like okay. that. I can't remember. And they just had a CDR version of it that they had done. And we officially put it out on CD with some bonus tracks that the band themselves chose. Okay, and that, that, that- a Head of Night album? Yeah, Head of Night. Right, we'll-
0: yeah, Head of Night. And this... Um, you put this out in 2018. Yes. So just recently, and this to kind of like is—it's almost like the cherry on top of this Paragon uh, Sunday that I had yesterday. When I was—I listen- <laughs> was—I was listening to all these bands, you know, doing research for the interview. I'm familiar with some more than others because obviously we're friends through the years, and I'm—you know—one of my more than one of my bands has been on the label and stuff, so I am familiar with some things. But yesterday I spent the day refreshing myself with your uh, lineup and this Ghost Tower thing uh you know you put out bands from hungary from uh, uh, kazakhstan from from italy from france then you then you find ghost tower from nebraska united states of america um very uh, like merciful fate, uh, Black Sabbath, Dio. I'm, I'm going to even go there and say Blue Oyster Cult, Alice Cooper. It's
1: got a uh, big just, new wave of British heavy metal yeah, vibe to dude, it, man. this
0: shit is so fucking fun, man. Yeah. They even like Kiss in their most in their more metal moments. Um, it's just classic like hard rock, heavy metal, like you said, new wave of British heavy metal, Iron Maiden almost some parts. Um, the vocals are great, and you told me that you recently you, you didn't realize this. The singer is actually a woman.
1: Yes, it is. It's a it- was the guitar player it was his girlfriend who is his ex-girlfriend
0: now (laughs) and you guys can hear this in the headphones i love the vocals they go great with the music but i'm not thinking that's that it doesn't it sounds like a man singing it does kind of yeah yeah it It does yeah yeah but what she's doing is great yeah yeah Yeah, yeah. i can
1: tell you like a cool story too with uh matt preston the main guy i dealt with with the band because the band is defunct now and Mm -hmm. matt's busy with other projects but You know, like most relationships, whether it be band or dating, he didn't have such a great full... You know, he had, like, not a good ending relationship with his girlfriend and vocalist. And he's like, you know, man, she didn't know this was getting pressed officially on CD. And he's like, this gave me a great opening to talk to her. (laughs) And he actually had a really good conversation because she was so excited That somebody was officially putting it out at CD because he tried to reach out to her before and he's like, man, it didn't go so well. (laughs) He's like, this actually, he's like, this was a nice, you know, breaking the ice. And he actually got them, he said, more on a positive level with each other, which I thought that was a little cool bonus, you know? Paragon (laughs)
0: Records, man, healing people. people. Exactly, (laughs) bringing people together. (laughs) That's healing great.
1: the metal world as yeah. we go. That's, the hatchet.
0: <laughs> I, I mean that that definitely adds a, a, a layer of depth to listening to this album, knowing that <laughs> because what a great dramatic uh, heavy metal hard rock album, man. Just again, getting back to the music, it's old school. Tight ass performance, um, and that that lo-fi sound just it's got prevails. Got that
1: raw, primal, yeah, organic man. feel. It to sounds it. Yeah.
0: like it was recorded just like one of those old Black Sabbath records. Yeah, just analog. Yeah. Do you know? Was it recorded uh, analog? I that? never
1: actually asked him or whatever, but I mean, that was one of the things that you know. Besides the actual, what was going on with the songs was the recording. Mm. I'm really sensitive with productions and stuff like that, and whether. You know, it's bringing out something really great in the band, and the production for this band to me just fit like perfectly, you know? And I really, you know, I got to shout out to Keith of Eternal Doctors Creations. He got me into this band.
0: Yeah, well, Mm -hmm. I'm glad he did because in turn you got me into this band by putting this out. (laughs) Uh, And yeah, I mean,. The the production is actually one of the things that kind of like ties it in with with Paragon Records to me because it has that 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 lo-fi no-frills stripped-down production that a lot of your releases share, but they're obviously doing something completely dif- different with this, and it's it's so accessible. It's it's like the roots of heavy metal. You know what I mean? It's yeah, great definitely. Shit, man.
1: Yeah, it definitely goes to the roots of heavy metal, and uh, and again, it you know, it in that real way where you know. The feedback too, it's been really good. So that's I,
0: I can imagine, man, because again, like a lot of your releases, it's a style that um, is it, it would not come across as great if it wasn't pulled off as well as, as with a, such a tight performance and um, the, the guitars, the solos, everything is just beautiful about this album, man. Definitely uh, encourage anyone, even like, tell, tell your mom or dad who listens to classic
1: <laughs> rock. <you> know, <laughs> Give or, it a shot, or, mom, Or,
0: or you, you know, like, your, your friend who's like, I don't know about death metal, man, but I can listen to, you know, Black Sabbath or whatever. To, to tell them to check out this Ghost Tower, Head of Night uh, album. It's, it's really great, and it's got a couple of bonus tracks, even if you're already familiar with the band. So, um... You know, Mike. That's we spend a lot of time talking about Paragon Records and and your releases. And we touched before on about how your band Dimension On was one of the um, the the reasons for the inception of the label was to to, to release your own music and give an opportunity to bands like like yourself who are more of an underdog in the scene and trying to really keep it real and authentic. What's going on with Dimension On now?
1: Um, right now, actually, Dimension On is working on new material. Uh, we just had to let go of our second guitar player maybe a month ago. So if anyone's Listening, we could use somebody, but uh, right now we got uh, we got Chris on guitar, uh, we got Dennis on drums, we got Gavs on violin, and we got Matt on cello. Wow! And uh, we're trying. We, um, Dimension has always had atmospheric elements, so what we're trying to do is bring that. In a more real, organic way, since the forgotten days, we've had atmospheric elements. So, and it's you know, and that's what we're doing. We're working on material now. We got basically three new songs done, and they're working on the fourth. And there's a fifth going. Obviously, work schedules and everything, you know, stuff gets in the way, and you know, lineup problems obviously have been a big issue for Dimension
0: on. But uh, I imagine this label has has become its own madness for you too and it's probably a little bit hard to dedicate time to other uh, you know ventures the hardest thing with the label
1: was i i think jimmy would even back me up with this we thought obviously with doing our own bands and you know jimmy having the idea to start the label it's like all right well we'll build the band with the label and then we'll build the band onto bigger things and we'll kind of keep the label going and keep growing the label and I can't say that didn't completely happen with the label growing, but as far as the band, you know, every time it just seemed like we were going, you know, somewhere, you know, then just something just got in the way. And I mean, that really that happened in a really bad way with Collapse the Void because as I've told you, Will, we was hanging out at the Caval Corp show. Um, I really felt the band could have went to the next level, more like an artificial brain level. And, you know, we let go of our guitar player at that time who, you know, his lack of ability, we had to let him go. And honestly, it was the right move for us, nothing against him. But, and me, we made, in my opinion, I love all our stuff, but the best record to this day. And unfortunately, we just fell apart after that. Just line yeah. of problems and line of problems. And, you know, it's been a slow crawl. I mean, that Collapse the Void is 2010.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, from uh, from an outside perspective, first from an inside perspective on that artificial brain level thing, um, be careful what you wish for. Uh, I know. We, we could go back to that tour episode, the van the van smells like cheese sometimes, and um, I'm sure it's not pretty from someone else's perspective, man. I'm sure I smell, smell the van up like other types of food, but uh, getting, getting back to what you were saying... Um, well, we
1: did do, in the past, we've done some small touring with Dimension on, and uh, just the shit with the van breaking down. And
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we had, we didn't, definitely didn't had some fun. did you guys tour with Cannibal Corpse at one point? We toured with
1: uh, um from Arizona. Okay. Uh, Mortician. Yeah. Uh, and Ackercocker from the UK.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. And we
1: did nice. we, we did some of the dates on that tour. Okay. And we went down okay. to the East Coast with them. Our van broke down. <laughs> <laughs> have a, we we rented a thing to hitch the van back to take the it didn't the van didn't fit onto the hitch so I had to drive up a whole hitch on, with, on, you know on the back of the van with no van well on the back of the U-Haul with no van attached to oh, it oh man <laughs> and we had a show we had to stop off and do in New Jersey at Connection so wow. we had a blast but yeah you know, we 've definitely had headaches uh, yeah, yeah had headaches we 've yeah. definitely yeah. had some headaches Rude. i mean you, know, su- su- you wouldn 't trade it for the world, but i 'm like you know, just like where everything goes wrong, you
0: know? yeah, <laughs> then
2: something else you didn 't see coming,
0: yes, right? absolutely, yeah. everything is punishment, Yeah, <laughs> yeah. metal is punishment yeah, in that's, so many ways that's something uh, when i when I was filling in for pyrexia, we were like uh, we were like late, we were like running through the. Running through the airport trying to catch the plane, and and Basile just looks back. He's like, Everything's punishment, you know? (laughs) Welcome to tour. Well, you know, here we we go. But, but well, I'm very interested, though, from an outsider's perspective, uh, perspective, to hear this new incarnation of Dimension on um, the idea of stringed instruments. uh, You know, like we've been talking about um, bands going more atmospheric routes. Uh, from raw beginnings we've been talking about a lot of the bands you've worked with on paragon records that have that kind of folk metal vibe or that instrumental atmosphere so very interested to hear what you come up with um with these new musicians you're working with for dimension on that being said we covered a lot about paragon records we talked about dimension is there anything that you want to plug or anything that i I left out before we get into album recommendations no i
1: wouldn't say i think we covered it all brother
0: all right man well (laughs) all right man Uh, well, well done, man. Uh, so, getting into that, we want we want to go old first, right? Yeah, well, no, no. We'll start with the new stuff. Start with the new yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, okay, new so stuff. Uh, Mike's Mike's the guest. So, uh, Mike, what do you want to recommend to us that's new? Um, a newer band that
1: I've recommend. I'm not even sure how to say this band. I've been recommending it to a few people. If you don't
0: know, then we don't know.
1: I'm gonna spell it: A G R Y P N I E. They're from Germany. I like this band a lot. Um, I guess it's kind of like they describe themselves like post black metal. I think a little avant garde progressive. I really like um, the intensity in the singer's vocals. Um, He has like an urgency, like almost like an urgency to his voice, and I just get into the atmosphere of it. I think it's different. I think it's it's a prime example of you know people talk about the underground and you know and. You know they'll talk about more of all well, the bands that sound like Incantation or you know the bands that maybe sound like Marduk or something like that. This band doesn't sound like any other band but themselves. You definitely hear their influences, but they sound like who they are. You know they're not yeah. they're not trying to mimic anybody when you really like. And their albums can be pretty long. You kind of got to sit through them. <laughs> yeah, there's can be a lot of ambient elements in it too. But um it's been a band I've been really into. This album. You got on right now, Tom. This one just came out. I think towards the end of 2018. Something about them vocals. They're different. It's an acquired taste, but I really oh, I, I like it right yeah. off the bat. Yeah,
2: I, I like it, but it's very original. Like you were yes. saying, yes, um, it's, it's almost got like a hardcore element. With yep, the,
0: the it's like, it does. Yeah. Madman Mad barking. Kind of yeah, stuff. yeah. Very interesting. Yeah, wow.
1: this is a band I've been getting into a lot. Check it out. We can't
2: we can't say it so well, but uh, uh, A <laughs> G R Y P N I E
1: Agrapane Agrapane Agrapane. I Again, it sounds Italian, but yeah. not, at least the way so we're saying, saying, saying it, sounds. it sounds
2: Italian. Hey, Long Island, you know what's going on? Yeah, it's Long Island. Hey, man. what Italian. are you doing?
1: Huh? Agrapane.
2: What's the name
4: of the album? What's this R Guy Pine album?
2: Nick. Uh, Nick Meron.
0: N Y C H T H E M E R O N. All right, my cousin's wife. Uh, yeah. <laughs> she she speaks German Yeah, uh, She can speak and read German I'm going to get her on the case Shout to Vivian We should, we should call hey, her Grayson
1: Yeah, in Gan- they, got, they got a baby Otherwise I would gray, call her Grayson gray I can only imagine If we were around these guys <laughs> 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 Trying to say the name of it pissed off. Yeah, yeah, they would be But I'm like Yo dude I'm a fan <laughs> though man yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a fan I love your band I, but got I, nine I can't yeah. Yeah. Nine can fun. <laughs> <laughs> Really good stuff You got going on <laughs> But yeah, I pretty much have all this stuff. Um, X ex- really emotional stuff. I really like it a lot.
2: Very intense, yeah. Yeah,
1: it's very intense. Beautiful, cool. All right,
2: so do your, your do your best to define this whole, listeners.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I, Mike, Mike, you did not let me down. I knew I knew it was gonna be something I never heard of and I can't pronounce.
2: We'll post this on one of the
4: socials just yeah. uh, so you have the text, copy pasted content. Kind of
0: Uh, so my new uh, release that I'm bringing to the table is by Ecto Void from Birmingham, Alabama. Real big fan of this uh, band. They they opened up um, the Tennessee show of the Artificial Brain Blood Incantation Demolage Tour last year. And I was blown away. Sometimes you don't know what the local band is going to be like on these shows. Um, you know, when you go out on the road, it could, you know, it could be like your, your average kind of like new metal weird band or, you know, who knows what's going on, <laughs> but these guys just fucking brought it. And, uh, they were a tough act to follow, man. They're, they're from Birmingham, Alabama. They've been around a few years now, I think since, um, 2000, 2011 or so. Um, they put out two albums, if I'm not mistaken, and a few releases, but this is their uh, most re- recent release on, uh, Blood Harvest Records from, uh, January, 2019, three songs, these guys do that kind of old-school, uh, I, I don't I don't want to box them in, but that in, in, incantation-influenced, old-school-influenced yeah. style where they're really trying to capture that old essence, man. But there's more to it than that. I really like Act of Void. Uh, I, I've listened to their two albums, and I was very excited when this new this new shit dropped. And um, I, I got to try to get the physical copy. I'm not going to front on you guys like I ordered the 7-inch yet, but I will. Uh and there's just something really inspired about the atmosphere. Um, they, they they really take you there to maybe like old school, uh, the, the Swedish crematory.
1: I read I read uh, some people, other people talking about them saying they combine a lot of different old school styles and like you know put it into theirs. You know, yeah, I've, I've read that about them too. It's like know? yeah,
0: like I said, Swedish uh, crematory. Um, uh maybe even like old old Demolich and, and old Adramelect, is there's, there's just something really good about this these guys' atmosphere that I love. It's really dark and it's like the essence of death metal.
4: Called negative life.
0: Ooh, mm-hmm. that's another great one, man. Really cool. So we I saw that guy, one of the guys from Replicant at uh the Cannibal Corpse show.
4: Oh, sweet. Yeah. I like I just found this band, so this is all I, very yeah. it's all very, very fresh to me. Um that rules though. So New Brunswick, New Jersey, man, East Coast Jersey Boys.
0: Games. Yeah.
4: Weird shit uh, came out last year. PRC music. Then Replicant album Negative yeah. Life.
0: Replicant, great band. I
4: believe we're listening to the the first song, "Spit Into the Void." Mm-hmm. Coming on.
0: Nice guys too.
4: I'd love to hear it. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I, this is this is like this weird like, uh, I got I, words I wrote down a little <laughs> is progressive, dissonant, deconstructed, swampy tech that. Ooh, right.
1: Good. Ooh, that's good. Cool. That's cool. nice, Accurate. man. That's right. nice. That's a nice. Uh, this, this I like this, that.
4: This album like has this ooze quality. Accurate. It's just fucking yes. Moves. It's like. Uh, like a deep like, I like that yeah. cover
1: art. I like the color of that cover art yeah, that's sick man. Say,
4: this is some dope shit and PRC
1: yep. Music that's that's a, that's a great label to work with I always I trade with him a lot really cool guy hell yeah I don't know if hell I yeah. got this in I'd have to check the shop
0: shout yes. to that man uh, uh, this this is uh, magnifique this is beautiful death metal
4: I, I got like uh, heavy like uh, Gorgoth's like cephalic harness yes size, but it has like, yes. Almost, like pulsing pushing like Gojira type power to it at some point
0: uh, the, yeah. these guys kind of take demolich and gorguts influences and they just wrap them around a bunch of other stuff. I, I love what Replicant is doing, man. I have their first EP, I believe it was, and that was great in itself, but with this album they've really done something special.
4: It's cool. There's a, a truly organic quality to uh to the production and even the playing style a little bit, you know, you can you can point out like if you want to get really picky some sort of a uh, you know Record, you know, production mistakes, technicalities, kind of thing. It's, it sounds like it's recorded live, you know what I mean? But that, that, right. I feel like that works as a, as a benefit to it. You sucked yeah. into, the, into the world that they're living in. And, um,
2: yeah, if a band is solid, then I'm totally fine with that organic flow to a recording.
4: Yeah, 100%. I I,
0: I'm, I'm totally into it. I'm just saying, man, like some, some of these more modern, pristine produced metal albums, it, it's like making love to a mannequin. <laughs> All right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. you feel me? It's yeah. digital love. Yeah, yeah, no, it's
4: not. You it's know a, what
0: I mean? Yeah, I. You, you know, know some
4: of the flesh about yeah. it. Yeah,
0: I'm not gonna get gross about it, but you know th- this, you know this this kind of this kind of production, this organic. You know this this is yeah, this has got a good product this has got yeah. a good modern production. Yeah, it's you... well done. Mm-hmm. Oh. His vocals,
1: are sick man.
2: You guys like demos? (laughs) Demos rule. Yes. So I I found this band on uh, Redefining Darkness Records. Yeah, I I brought in a band a few weeks ago called Warp Chamber. Okay. And that kind of made me pick apart their band camp a bit. And, uh, you know, I I bought Warp Chamber's cassette and I saw this. And this is more in the black metal area. Crusty, though. Very crusty. I like this. You know, I can imagine. Lots of spikes and studs happening here. <laughs> like the punk rock <laughs> attitude. Yep. So we got Dominator. This is their demo. The De whole bellicos? Uh, something uh,
0: I can't read. So give, give it to Mike. He's good with the... You gotta be some sort of college yeah. professor to say the names <laughs> of this shit. I, I think you are so closest man. too, man.
1: Let us see. <laughs> yeah, well, well, here Is it, it
0: Hungarian? Let
1: me Hungarian. see. Domator. Okay, let me see.
0: That straight from the band. Oh, Tom with the tape. Tom ordered oh, the, the... Tom ordered the... Uh, I try uh, to support the band. That's copy. band. Yeah. yeah.
1: I am holding a tape in my hands, fucking man. That's I'm fucking... I'm gonna order the extra Void 7-inch.
0: These guys, come on. De facto Void's listening. Check's in the mail. I'm always Yeah, the, the title shit. is
1: really hard to read off of this, man. Yeah. <laughs> to be is. honest, Tom, I can't. No. You want to take a shot Let at it. Let me take a shot to take read it. Take a shot finish. at it.
0: D- oh, God. <laughs> D- <laughs> D- the whole,
1: the the whole bellicose. Sure yeah, I mean,
0: Dominator.
1: It- Dominator.
2: <laughs> 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 Shit's tight. Very cool cassette layout. I don't know much else about this band other than I really like the label that they're on it's real shit like, oh yeah I, I like smaller labels like what you're doing Mike and uh, oh was appropriate let's let's find some other people who are doing like similar stuff and fucking awesome there's so much out there yeah yeah. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't stop you're never like Ro- you're,
1: Rob Halford the Juice <laughs> Priest said it the best he's like metal fans today he's like they're just bombarded with, but he's like with so much great stuff. He's like, but to find the time to listen yeah, to yeah. all of these great bands, but you know, Best and he's into it, you know, yeah. he, he's fucking into it. We yeah. record the podcast two hours
2: every week. We just hang out here, but man, it is a lot of hours of listening. Yeah. Just to, great. Just yeah. to find something to say. I listened to this a few times. Yeah. Like, I recommend <laughs> it. You know Yeah. Uh, that,
4: yeah. It's a tough, lot man. of cream, a lot of cream out there.
0: Mike, take us back.
1: Oh, man, it's tough. I I got a couple, but the one to me that's so... I know it's respected, but still so underrated is Fleshcrawl, descended to the Absurd. Mm. I think that album is still just criminally... uh, The heaviness of that record.
0: Fleshcrawl, uh, underrated band. Yes, very much. Looking forward to seeing
1: him at the Maryland Death Fest uh, this year.
0: Okay. Mm. There it is, man. Brutal shit, man. Underrated I love the melody. sound of
1: his drums on his record, yeah. man. Who's the only original member still in the band is the drummer.
2: I'm going to be diving into this already. Mm-hmm. I can just tell, like, huge fan <laughs> of, of that style blast beat. Like, the, the, the hyper-mechanical yeah. style stuff. Mm-hmm. Drum then, machine sounding. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But you still know it's a human, you know. What you know, year is like, this? The Deeds of Flesh style.
4: So I drum, think this you know, is, right is
1: 93, man. 92. Not, 92. Wow. 92. 92, 92. I mean, is a great uh, year right. for
4: drum sounds, apparently. Well, this is...
1: Oh yeah, really, this is really, really
4: good. The
0: drum sound is ahead the of time. The drum sound is, is
1: ahead of I, dude, it's one of the best drum sounds yeah. I've ever heard on an extreme D- this metal. This is like album. a drum
0: sound you would expect to hear in Deeds of Flesh like 10 yeah, years 10 after years? <laughs> this. Yeah. 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 It's that ride yeah. it's a snare just of course you know. it disappears. And I like their I, I like their
1: original vocalist. I really He was he's on the first 3 albums. The vocalist they have now is great, but I I wish I could do this guy. I can't do that tone.
0: This this slow doomy evil yeah. sound with the jackhammer snare drum. You know, what yeah. reminds me of uh, uh, imprecation. from Texas. Oh, from Texas, they got a, got a new album coming. Yeah, out they're so. back now. Yeah, yep. I'm getting that vibe kind of from this. Or like I said, Morpheus descends that evil slow yeah. death metal. This album cover is very Geigery too. Oh yeah, it's
2: cool. Mm-hmm. oh up got Alex and Marcus there. How yeah.
0: are you guys? <laughs> Flesh
1: clay. None of us are in the band anymore. Thank you very yeah. much. What, I think,
0: I, what country? Like, I think,
1: one, uh, Germany.
0: Germany. A lot of bands like that. Sinister. Now, the original drummer is now the singer, and he's, he's the only original guy. He's the only original. They've you know? had a
1: lot of guys in and out of yeah. that band, but yeah, it's gonna. You know, uh, you know, and Ad is really good on the vocals. The Mike will always be my favorite on the first three Sinisters, but um, Ad had a very unique. Drum style. I, I do, I still, I love The Last Sinister, but I miss him still being behind the drums. Yeah, I
0: hear you. That latest one, Syncreticism, that was an incredible. Really album. good, man. Really it's incredible sick. album. But yeah, this is great. Flesh Crawl, man. And they're back doing MDR. Are they doing like the Nostalgia Trip or do they have a new album out?
1: You know what, man? They, um, they put out a split CD a couple of years ago. Other than that, nothing. They've never been to the States. So I'm really curious what the set list is going to be. Sick. I mean, my, my big there's a lot of bands I want to see there. The two big ones for me this year are Fleshcrawl and Unanimated. Mm-hmm. Those are my two big ones to go this year. Wow. But there's a lot of other Frightmares on it. Never Frightmares. had Frightmares. I love Frightmares. Uh, yeah, I just got love that Frightmares. Yeah. That's uh, sick, man. Uh, yeah, Midnight Murder. <laughs> yeah, such and a good album. And the second album, the second album is very different to the first
0: one. It, it's great too. Mm-hmm. Really good band. Wow, so Fleshcrawl. Be on the look. If you're planning on going to MDF this year, don't miss Fleshcrawl.
1: Yeah, help promoting promote them from MDF. How about
0: that? Yeah. <laughs> no, seriously, a lot of, lot of younger people might have missed these guys. Oh, I I'm these guys sure. I,
1: I'm definitely sure there's going to be some people, oh, I never heard of these guys, but these guys are pretty yeah, sick. Yeah, and,
0: and this era, this, this is the type of bands these kids are getting back into. Yeah, man. absolutely. You know what I mean? Don't, don't wait for the... Uh, don't wait for the Instagram or the Facebook post of the old demo, man. Get you know, research these young, these these older bands and get into them on your own before everybody else on the block is into them, man. Yeah,
2: be the coolest kid in school, man. Yeah. Bring your
0: pog, <laughs> get that, yeah, get, get that flesh scroll pog. Yeah,
1: I love that groove, man. That it kicks it up with the great double shit, bass. Yeah,
0: yeah. Oh, that's sick, man. Some to be said for in the '90s, uh, bands that were more of the American brutal persuasion. Uh, From Europe, you know what I mean, like uh, sinister, deranged, deranged. You know bands (laughs) that they were surrounded by these more melodic, artful death metal bands, uh, like you're at the gates and so on. But these guys were just, you know, they were listening to Suffocation and Cannibal Corpse and stuff, and
1: bands like Deranged Incision. Like the first Incision was a Behold the Folds of Flesh or Behind the Folds of Flesh. Mm -hmm. It's just a sick record. Older
0: hypocrisy. Yeah. Yeah, we were talking early about early stuff. Yeah, talking about Very
1: deicide-ish, their early hypocrisy yes, stuff. Yes, Very. yes, Yes,
0: yes, yes. Well, and, and
1: Deranged to me is still like the sickest of the sick.
0: Uh, <laughs> I, we're going to talk about Deranged one <laughs> on this podcast. An- Deranged, another band where the drummer is the only original member left. Yes, yeah.
1: yes. Very unique drum style, too. You know it's him.
0: <laughs> Machine Gun.
1: Shout out to Worman. <laughs>
2: yes. Let's crawl. descend into the absurd. 1992 Check it out
0: My old-school release is Crucifier, Trampled Under Cloven Hooves, uh, 10-inch record, which came out on Paragon Records in 2009. Um, These guys are from Pennsylvania? Uh, Yeah, I believe so. uh, Three-piece, kind of blackened death metal band. Yeah, Um, a little bit of thrash in there, too. Yeah, real old-school death metal sound, man, and it has one of the most terrifying album covers that I've ever seen. (laughs) This scares me. It's... (laughs) This huge, giant, uh, not not devil, like a pan uh, creature, a satyr, yeah, yeah, with like <laughs> ram horns, and as Justin so eloquently stated, the perfect amount of pubic hair <laughs> to keep the record cover from being obscene. That's right. Um, and he's just kind of playing a pan flute.
4: He's doing. He's recording Jethro Tull tracks.
0: And yeah, in this, <laughs> in this beautiful field. Mm-hmm. With, like, the sunset going down, and there's something so unnerving about it. It's so fucking evil, man. This shit scares me. I actually found this uh, this copy brand new in House of Guitars record store in Rochester, upstate New York. Really? And I had uh, to pick it up. Yeah, I said, those are my nice. boys. Paragon Records.
4: <laughs> please Google this image. Please.
0: Yeah. Um, tram- It'll
1: definitely stick out. It'll, you'll yeah, remember
0: it. Yeah, trampled under cloven hooves. This is really Amazing cool uh, death metal. I, call, I just call it straight up death metal. It's got that blackened... Kind Kind of like touch, but it—it it sounds like the kind of death metal they were making in the late '80s, early '90s, before they were so uh, obsessed with genre titles and boxing everything in. It's just fast, unrelenting evil. Maybe a little touch of that like punk hardcore drumming energy, you know, where it wasn't so much about articulation as it was about raw force. Yeah. Um, this is just a fucking awesome EP. I guess it's an EP. Um, and uh, yeah, executive producer Jim Rose. Which uh, is like the last release he did for Paragon Records Yeah, and you you left. Yeah, you were just mentioning how uh, this was the, one of the last things he put together, and this cover art that I just talked about <laughs>
1: was kind of a bitch. Yeah, from what he said, it was a bitch. I don't know if it's as much of a bitch as the compremisist layout was. <laughs> <laughs> for- Which, I mean, that had to be pressed uh, when the, um, the owner of the pressing company wasn't there, so they did that late at night. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that was a controversial one. How huh? the the compromises. Now the name of that lit. album was Muay Thai Lady Boys. Yes. So we're gonna let the listeners use their imagination as to why there was there was trouble printing that one up. Yes. It's grosser
2: <laughs> than you're thinking.
0: Uh, yeah, but it is an illustration. It's not a photograph. Uh. Yeah, So that just because you know we had our we had our whole episode talking about real gore and real well the inside layout photos
1: that was the big issue was the not, I never <laughs> got that far. <laughs>
4: it's not Muay Thai like you think Muay Thai is. Yeah.
1: So I remember mean, called me. He's like, dude, I had to be pressed when the label on wasn't there.
0: Oh boy, is <laughs> the label on to flip. It's bringing back memories now. <laughs> All right, but this crucifier record is fucking awesome. Amazing. Um, Sounds awesome. Yeah, if you're into like your old school evil black thrash death metal type bands maybe the type of stuff that Hell's Headbangers puts out. Definitely. If you're into like Hell's Headbangers stuff I definitely think you'd like Crucify. Crucify is such a sick band. Any of these guys involved in other projects we should know about? Um, Trying
1: to I think actually Crucify put out a new album not too long ago. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so I think really I don't know if that lineup is still the same. It's been a long time since I looked them
0: up but Ten years uh, since this release. Yeah, and
1: I I think they did put out a new full-length not too long ago,
0: though. All right, awesome. So check out Crucifier. Keep your eyes peeled for their new stuff. And uh, definitely look for this this goddamn album cover that I can't leave out when I go to bed at night.
4: <laughs> my Oof. only my only note is that uh, they, there's a huge missed opportunity with doing the back cover the the back side of, <laughs> of the pen. <laughs> just really get the there, full. There view is of there's that. something about yeah. his face that just creeps the mm-hmm. shit out of he's me. He's like, man. he's like, are you looking at me blowing my flute? Yeah, he's he <laughs> like. I'm I'm it. It?
0: He looks like that actor. Uh, Willem Dafoe Yes right? <laughs> <laughs> of course, any, Anything that looks like A scary demon Looks like Willem Dafoe I guess
4: heavier than cupboard, to be honest. Cupboard makes it a little, <laughs> sound a little soft. Yeah,
1: cupboard would be shitty.
4: But, uh, yes, bought <laughs> yeah, possession, cabinet, what's inside of it? Hands of old, good, technical death metal. 2003.
1: <laughs> Woo!
2: That was, <laughs> 2003,
4: that That's was a year. that old
1: presentation, <laughs> going, What happened,
2: man? What a year. 2003. Uh, yeah,
4: uh, this was, this is uh, next level shit. Yeah, for sure. Uh, coming out of Sweden, man, um... I feel like Spawn Obsession was the like the, the the top of the box uh, as far as like Swedish technical death metal um, in terms of what you think about Sweden for really you know you got your mm. you got your melodic little At the Gates boy kind of shit uh, building off of um, uh, Visceral Bleeding. I feel like in uh, Anata. Right. Spawn oh, they S- were good, Spawn man. And I saw kinda. them at
1: Maryland one year, man. Yeah. Yeah. Anata, really, really they cool, were man. good.
4: Uh, Spawn Obsession uh, presented this real like surgical. And, and classically melodic version of a of, of kind of a bulletproof style of technical death metal where it's hard to argue with any musicianship, any sort of instrument going on here, man. This is a... Uh it's
2: it's math for for a good reason. Might not be your cup of tea, but these guys put so much work
1: into it, and the talent's just there. I think yeah. something
4: successful. I think a lot of the him, newer uh,
1: bands are very influenced by this band and this album in particular. I think a lot of the newer bands like cite this album as a big influence in this band in general. hundred percent, yeah. With the technical style, definitely, because they stepped up like another notch when they were doing this. Yeah, I think it was between uh, this
2: band and Necrophagist. Necrophagist, yeah, yeah, obviously. When those two bands came yeah. out with their stuff mid two thousands, it just mm-hmm. everyone. Decided they needed to get way better at their instrument it, over, this, like, overnight
4: this and onset were kind of just the like the pinnacles of that, su- that really clean cut kind of a kind of tech death. and uh, I think yeah you could probably you could pinpoint every every good technical death metal band uh-huh. I feel like right now too yeah one More guy in that, in that band really likes kind of this band <laughs>
0: yeah I, I would agree with that because that era where it was like this and necro just like you said this this was kind of when uh, tech death meant something more like like what I call uh, music school death metal. Not yeah. to knock it, but just to acknowledge that these are very you know tight, precise musicians who've probably been uh, trained uh, so. But um, the the term tech death started meaning that more than maybe bands like Broken Hope, Suffocation, uh, Cryptopsy bands that well, we now think of as yeah. more like just kind of like brutal death metal or whatever yeah. whatever you call it, you know. But, uh, yeah, this was like ushering the new era of music school technical death metal, man. Mm-hmm. And now you have bands like, uh, uh, what's, uh, is it Lecherous Nocturne? Yeah, it's Obscura, um, you know, uh, I you mean, know, Obscura, all, Obscura, you know. You know, there's, there's uh, what, what's the Flesh God Apocalypse? Yep, that's yeah. another one. Um, yeah, f-
2: f- like First Fragment. First Fragment. Um, oh yeah, Archspire. Yeah. Archspire, yeah, Archspire, Archspire, yeah. yeah yep. yeah. Uh, yeah, there's a slew of them, and it's uh, Beyond Creation, things like that. Yep. Beyond Creation. Real, really talented dudes, but you can see where this has a huge influence in that style which is it's kind of big right now yeah i think uh, the faceless i think they did a good job
4: uh true, that. true. and no, yeah, a even, couple
1: of my bandmates, they love the faceless big faceless fans. yeah planetary like duality is fantastic
4: yeah a lot of really interesting nerdy shit about this you know like uh guitar players playing seven strings um, different tunings different tunings yeah, yeah mm-hmm. just to create this really interesting counterpoint for for all you fucking nerds out there and uh, yeah you like uh, counterpoint you like
2: neoclassical it's there
4: that's why I, I I mean that's one of the things that draws me to to, to, to mathy tech death like this is because it's 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 musically beautiful but like brutal you know as any death metal out there yeah. and, um, this has the got a good time. production
1: for the style too I like, I like sure. the feel of it because like, I've actually never I've known of them for years and I remember seeing this album at Looney Tunes and I didn't pick it up but I almost did, but I've always been curious of what this sounds like. But this, yeah, this sounds definitely pretty sick.
2: It's got like a really dry tone to it. Yeah, it
1: works with the music, too. Yeah,
2: exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you're playing this fast and you're playing this many harmonies, it, you gotta kind of keep it on the drier side, yeah. you know. And I don't know what kind of amps these guys were using, but they weren't like dual wrecks, you know, like that slow response stuff. It's right. like tight, you know, yeah. really snappy tones.
0: Production reminds me a lot of uh, Broken Hope's later work. Yeah, yeah I or can see that. Yep. Like the, no, actually, not, not so much the last two Broken Hope albums since they got back, but more like the, um, the loathing? loathing. Yeah, and, well, I could, yeah, yeah. I could see that. I could yeah. definitely hear that. Yeah, exactly. That, that, the old, that, Precise, clean, wow. clinical production, and again, I'm not knocking that. I'm not knocking technical death metal and musically articulate death metal. It's just um, musically articulate death. Metal. Yeah, it's <laughs> my my neighborhood of death metal is more the the raw, grimy, you know, old school spirit stuff. But I can definitely appreciate this type of music. And when we talk about these older albums like Necrophagist and this, it, it's you know, it, it has its place for to be revered and to be uh, respected for what it's done. You guys went to school over it's, that. Yeah, you know definitely I
4: feel like a a characteristic of a really good technical death metal band in in this vein is is catchiness in the riffs. So you end up singing riffs back to you as if they're really catchy lyrics. Absolutely, yeah. because uh, if, if just, the riffs know, the melodies to get stuck in your head.
1: I agree completely <clears throat> because if the riffs aren't catchy, and you know, you just like, oh, look at me noodle on the guitar. It's like, dude, you got to play something that's still going to grab mm-hmm. you, yeah, you know. Yeah. And that's the most the songwriting is so important. Whether it's simple technical avant-garde it's got to be something that grabs you we talk um, about like
4: uh, like honesty and gen like genuineness in in metal in, in all senses and i feel like you know uh when you have somebody who's who's this proficient at their instrument like obviously they feel passionate about it and and uh, and, and and they're they're um you know they're whatever humble in their instrument uh, whatever but the thing that sets technical death metal apart from most of the other subgenres, I think, is you need to be weirdly fucking creative. Like you need to have some sort of screw loose that makes you break the rules of all of the the, the technical musicianship that you learned in school to come up with something like truly original
2: and truly memorable in this sort of genre. Absolutely, I feel like. yeah. I uh, browse through. I can understand it. I, I, I browse t- through the technical death metal Reddit all the time. Yeah, and there's these guys who are playing circles crazy shit, but none of it sticks out. Uh, I'm not necessarily trying to shit on anyone, but if you're listening to this and you play a technical death metal band, you have to be able to hum the song. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not just about wailing and noodling and, and sweeping. And, like, and yeah, yeah it's just Because uh, all that shit's great. You you should use those skills, but if, if you're just relying on that, maybe find something that people could bite into.
4: Yeah. yeah. Last thing I'm going to say about this record... And I, th- I don't know if this is advice to any any band. I, I always get a kick out of this. Uh, name a song after the name of your band. So there's a song called Spawn of Possession on this record.
0: Love it. <laughs> <Spawn of laughs> yeah, that's cool. <laughs> <And> it's always <laughs> a touch.
4: And make it a pretty good song. Like, it, it deserves it. So.
0: Makes I sense. think that's pretty cool too. I like yeah. that makes sense with the style of music. That kind of like anal-retentive attention to detail. You gotta have the <laughs> you gotta have the song filed away that's named after the band. That's right, just like Black Sabbath. Black Sabbath. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that was that was a different. This is what we're about. <laughs> that's what it is. See, <laughs> I
1: actually I like this because I was actually I don't know, not too long ago listening to Necrophagous Epitaph or whatever, which I I think is I I'm not blown away by it, but I do think it's a really good record. Obviously, by an extremely Talented musicians, this has got better feeling than Epitaph does, I think, from what I'm listening to. This has got more of the death metal attitude yeah. that I think maybe Epitaph lacks a little bit. There's for a me. Dis-
4: there's a distinct spawn of possession bounce in their yeah. songs, Yeah. You know? and I think that's throughout their their discography. But uh, yeah, this yeah, is, is also records, this is
1: more fun. of a band orientated band with Necrophages. I know, like you know, he's had. It's you all know, Muhammad Sushman. Yeah, and you know, yeah. so anyway, that you know, that also can kind of keep from other guys bringing in what they maybe want to bring into the music too. So yeah, still very talented guy. Every- Not taking nothing away from him.
2: Everything Necrophage just is like a. Um, I have a nostalgic thing with with both the albums Onset and Epitaph. Mm-hmm. I love them, but when I got more into this band, it, th- you're right. I'm... This has that feel and yeah. even though I have that nostalgia thing every time I hear like you know the, the beginning of
1: stab wound I'm like hey uh. <laughs> <laughs> but He's got way more character in like his vocals than uh, um, What's his name does I can never remember his name but Muhammad, Muhammad. Muhammad. Yeah, yeah, yeah He's got way more character to his vocals uh, this guy I think, than Absolutely, uh, I mean I had the pleasure of seeing necrophage just live it yeah. it,
4: was, it was sick. What it did was you definitely see there
1: cool. when? Uh, with suffocation carcass 1349 Aborted and Rotten Sound, I believe it was. Where, when I was that? Know. That was at what is now PlayStation Theater. Uh, what was it? it? Might have been Best Buy or. Oh, that was well, gonna... the
2: Summer Slaughter the second time they Some, had Blonde. Yeah, yeah. Day. I, I, yeah, I, we I, saw, yeah. We saw the first year they had Blonde with Cephala Carnage and Cal Decapitation. Yeah, phenomenal. Uh, I, remember, I gotta say a shout out to my girlfriend at that show. Yeah.
1: Watching Rotten Sound with my girlfriend, and she's really particular. With bands, how they play and everything. Rotten Sound's very grind. You know, I think they're cool. I've never really followed them all that much, but I thought they were cool. But she walked out and I said, What, is it aggravating you? She's like, No, the guitars and the drums are not in sync with each other. It's aggravating (laughs) me. Uh, (laughs) Uh,
2: Well, there you go, Rotten Sound.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No offense, Rotten Sound. (laughs) They'll be Uh, all right. They'll be all right. They'll be fine.
2: So we got cabinet by Spawn of Possession here. We went on a bit of a tangent, but that's all right. That's what a lot of this is about anyway. Yeah, man. Thanks. I, I never heard
1: movie. it. No, thanks, man. I, shit. Might be something else I got to pick up. <laughs>
2: I brought in Bolt Thrower. Oh, classic. <laughs> yeah. Warmaster, oh, 1991. It's, it's like, uh, awesome pick. It's, it's an awesome pick. And I'll tell you something about me. I never really listened to this band. And now doing my research going back, uh, I felt straight up high listening to this. This is the yeah. true
1: war metal band, as far as I'm concerned. Nothing against any of the other bands.
2: No, this this I this album cover. I uh, saw it. I was just like, it's the Frank Frazetta kind of like, uh, you know, just muscly heavy metal. Yeah. Well, this is.
0: Um, they're they're known for. Using uh, the game designer uh, um, games was a games workshop something like that yeah yeah and uh, you know they did like the um, the original world of Warcraft before that was like a big video game mm-hmm. that was like a kind of a tabletop uh, RPG type of thing right when mi- miniatures and stuff miniature figurines yeah. and stuff and uh, there bolt thrower is known for using those artists uh, and that artwork from that game for a lot of. Their album covers. Oh, I don't know awesome. if this one was particularly like that, but later on they used a lot of that. Man, very signature style. It's a great style, yeah. and
2: you know, I, I, I'm going back and I'm finding bands I never really got into. Like I had heard Bolt Thrower before, but I never really got into it. So I, I picked this album. Um, Using the internet's resources, (laughs) just kind of like, all right, I'm going by the album cover. What am I going to do? I pick this one, and I listen to it probably about five or six times in a day uh, for two days in a row. Because it just puts you in a good place, and you can hear all these influences, like uh, things I have been listening to for the past 15 years. This is missing from my life, and then I find it, and it's just like, "Oh, oh, okay. This is where it belongs. This is awesome. <laughs> wow. this they thing-
1: originated in the punk scene. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's where they came from.
2: Yeah, I did mm-hmm. some research. It was like the punk kind of grindcore stuff. And mm-hmm. I uh, and then just doing this, like, you can find so many bands that are big today that borrow influences from this album oh, in particular. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And-
0: Especially now with the, the old sound coming back. One band in particular I can tell you about, uh, in 2006, um, when Biolich was touring with Demolich, uh, it was the first time I had met any of the guys at Demolich, and I, and I asked uh, Auntie Bowman from Demolich what their big influence was, uh, when, like, what they were listening to when they started Demolich when they were kids, and he said, Bolt Thrower. Which uh, makes
2: a lot of sense with the uh, weird, yeah. like, the, the stop and start kind yes. of drum parts.
0: I never understood nah, it, uh, and then I was, I was like, wow, it was like a light bulb. And a few years after, I think it was 2009, uh, it might have been 11, there was a Maryland Death Fest where Bolt Thrower came over and played, and I believe it might have been cancel canceled. One, some band they canceled. They Pestilence. And Bolt Thrower did both okay, nights. Bolt Thrower did the outdoor set the first uh, uh, night and, and the, the indoor, indoor set, set the second bro, night. Right, Mike was, knows what I'm talking about. That was sick, And man. I caught both sets. And I remember watching them on the first night, on the outdoor night, and the whole demolition thing just clicked. Like Just yeah. like you said, the kind of stop and go and the, the way the drums ride, the, 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 the guitar, just certain things. It all just hit me. It was like I found the inner... The inner Bolt Thrower and Demolich by watching Bolt Thrower, man. And that just speaks to what you're saying about how they influence so many bands, not just Demolich. But there's a lot there to unpack with Bolt Thrower. Yeah, oh, was, yeah.
2: You know, it's funny because like I didn't really think of Demolich in that way. But now that you said that and listening to this album so many times, it makes so much sense. Mm-hmm. The the way that the song structures kind of, you know, they pick up in a certain way. They get fast and then it, there's almost like a... Um, just a total divergence from that but still grooving the entire time and then the build, build up just happens like three or four times throughout a song and it keeps you interested, engaged and you don't feel like molested by it it's <laughs> not like um, you know there's a lot of death metal I listen to it's not a bad molest, you know it's just like, alright, this, this is very intense right now you know <laughs> But th- yeah, I mean Bolt Thrower is cool as shit. And as someone who's been listening to this music for a long time, and if you're listening to this podcast and you're not that familiar with Bolt Thrower, uh, uh, check them out. check out the discography. And
1: man, War Master, killer album. Yeah. And, and they, you know, they stepped up the heaviness as well. They, they was something extremely. They were heavier than a lot of other bands with the with for the style they were playing, and a lot of bands measured up to them. You know, I remember when they when they came over for the Maryland Death Fest. We had a merch table set up with Paragon Records there, and I had walked outside. I want to get a drink or some shit, and I come back in, and they weren't too far when they came in to set up their merch, and I'm like, yo, the. What the? What is this line yeah. going almost all yeah. the way around out the fucking door? I remember it that. was for fucking ball thrower. They sold. Uh, they sold out a shirt. They, they sold out a shirt. Oh yeah, they sold yeah. out a shirt. People were Amazing. freaking. I think there's a lot of respect with a, with a band like Vault I, well, I I really get that hype. I mean.
0: um the the new familiarity I have with it, I I get it all yeah. about it. Definitely a classic uh, uh, English band. Uh, they were on Eireaq for a number of years, yeah, right? Yeah, they, ear, they yeah. you know this,
2: this this was out on Eireaq. This Ake. was also another uh, Colin Richardson release. Yeah, yeah. Colin. Oh man, yeah. he
1: knows how to produce bands, man. Something uh, that should Carcass, uh, Gorefest, Faults. You know, he knows how to bring out just great productions in these bands, man. We
0: I think we talked about him on the highly contentious uh, album. Uh, defense uh, lawyer yeah uh, episode yeah the attorney episode yes. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> can't wait for that to come out uh yeah it probably will b- have been out by the time and this- Joe bench is cited as
1: like the first female uh, you know a bass player in extreme music she's looked mm-hmm. at as one of the first uh, uh, She's she like, in a death metal band she was one of the- there wasn't really many females actually playing an extreme death metal band, and she came along. So she, you know, they pioneered a, a lot of different things in their own way.
0: Definitely a band that should be brought up in the same sentences as uh, Napalm Death and Terrorizer, yeah. extreme noise terror, and Carcass. Absolutely, all those all, bands, all yeah, the classic bands. But uh, maybe a band that people leave out sometimes. Great shit.
1: <sighs> this, I can't say right. it's riff, man. It... the whole album is yeah. like me maybe listening I... to it. Every time
2: it ended, I was like. I can't tell you, Tom.
1: I can't tell you how many times this song, I'll be like just, it'd be air guitaring it in my, because I can't play guitar, in my way where I'm just like thinking about when Carl comes in with the vocals with the Oh, man, it's sick, man. Great stuff.
2: Yeah, this is cool stuff. Yeah, we got Warmaster here by Bolt Thrower 91. Please check it out if you don't know it. And uh, I have a feeling a lot of you do, so hats off to you. Thank you very much for tuning into the Heavy Holt podcast. I hope you enjoyed a lot because I,
0: I learned a lot. My, my, my fucking brain's this guy's excited over here. <laughs> hey, you gotta you, be. We wanna thank our special guest, our special in studio guest tonight, Mike Zancelli from Paragon Records uh, and Dimension On. I uh, appreciate you coming out to Huntington, stopping by the studio and talking shit with us and listening to metal, man. Thanks, bud.
1: Tom, Justin, Will, thanks so much for having me. Uh, thanks for the support, guys. I appreciate it. Anyone want to get in touch with me? Look, just email me at cultm at msn.com. C U L T M at msn.com. Thanks, guys, again for having me. No,
0: of course, man. Thank you so much. Everybody, uh, you know, look out for Paragon Records. Look out for some of these crazy bands we've been talking about. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, thanks so much for tuning in, man anything else oh guys we got social media stuff right social media things we got the the twitter heavy
2: pod we got instagram heavy podcast gmail heavy podcast at
0: gmail.com oh and what about the phone number Oh, the we phone number. Shit, I keep forgetting about it. Uh, we did this last episode, too. I got to talk while he looks up the phone number again. I'm, I'm on the uh, the Heavy Hole Podcast Facebook page. Uh, you know, I appreciate any feedback you give us on any of our social media platforms. Um, you know, you got criticisms. You got requests. You got new bands you want us here to hear uh, hear us talking about whatever man just let us know shoot us a message and uh you could always give us a phone call leave us a prank call leave us your pig squeal vocals your uh your finger blast beats whatever you gotta do tough guy what's the number we got
2: 631-837-3274 and do that just get angry at us tell us about that shitty fucking show you just saw or the best show ever or that asshole at the best show ever that fucked up your good show
0: you know how it goes Mm -hmm. call me do it call me peace
3: later